I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I'm Tom, not a slave to fashion, bionic. You know, that has absolutely no relevance to the topic or theme this week, because <laughs> we have a legendary show this week on Future Quake. It's true. We have uh, a, a gentleman who's had an enormous impact, incalculable impact on the Future Quake show, mm-hmm. um, took tremendous patience on our behalf to be able to secure his time is very precious time mm-hmm. is a uh someone who is adored by many of our listeners and mm-hmm. should be made aware of to the rest of our listeners who are not familiar this week you're not going to believe it we have the one the only alex jones on the future quake show yeah yes you heard that right the two great giants alex jones and Infowars and future quake with dr <laughs> future and tom bionic coming together this week that's like a um it's like the little manta rays that uh you know, hang on the big shark. Like yeah, little, little, that's what we are? Yeah. Well, you know, people have been marching in the streets for years trying to get this to happen, and it's a reality. You're mm-hmm. going to hear Alex Jones talk about his new documentary, The Fall of the Republic, Volume 1, The Presidency of Barack Obama, his very important documentary, Terror Storm, like many of his are. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see a side of Alex Jones Really talking about the spiritual implications in a way that I don't think you'll ever hear anywhere. Yeah, he does. He does uh, uh, mention on his radio show that he, it is a secular radio show, and he right. does, in fact, try and keep it secular. Camp. But it's he's a, not a you know he he's not afraid to say that he's a Christian. But he just, for the most right. part, he says, "Look, this is secular radio, so but secular." He, he allows us on this show to explore the Judeo-Christian viewpoint and perspective of the issues he covers. And I think his comments are very provocative and compelling mm-hmm. and may influence the way some people may look at Alex Jones based upon what they'll hear on this show. Interesting. So for the next three days, you're going to hear an interview between uh, Dr. and Tom and the one and the only Alex Jones. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. So with no further ado, here's Mr. Alex Jones of InfoWars.com, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here at Future Quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Uh, no stranger to mess-ups, but it's no big deal. Bionic. Oh, <laughs> Brother Tom here is giving me some, little some, bit of grief. some hassle little because bit of grief. I'm very excited about our guests we have on our show. Me too. Uh, people like Rand Paul, Chuck Baldwin, uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano have all graced our uh, show. And it's, it's been an honor to have all of them uh, bless us here. But this is a very special guest we have. And in five years of the Future Quake show, uh, this is a special time to have the one, the only, Alex Jones, the director of Fall of the Republic and the founder of the Infowars.com site and Alex Jones Show. Uh, and it's I just want to tell you, Mr. Jones, it's a wonder to and a pleasure to have you on the Future Quake show. Yeah. Wow, well, I better do a good job with that great build-up. Well, God bless you guys, and, and thank you for sharing your audience with me. I hope I can live up to this great introduction. Well, you're, you're going to find some kindred spirits here on Future Quake, including a large part uh, of an audience that is not yet familiar with your work, but uh, they've certainly heard about your work through our news segments and things like this and be, be more aware of it. Uh, I believe uh, that our guest today uh, may be the most important man in America today, 
and whom I believe history may prove to be one of the most influential men in America in the early 21st century. Wow. And I don't get to say that every... How come you don't introduce me like that? I don't say that every week. Uh... For the sake of your valuable brief time, Mr. Jones, uh, that you are sharing with us today, and I know you're very aggressively right now promoting your, your new documentary as well as other activities, I'd like to summarize some of your peerless accomplishments and activities. You host the daily radio show, The Alex Jones Show, with a large worldwide audience, broadcast on over 60 radio stations in the U.S., as I understand, and you have two of the most popular Internet sites uh, on the web. Uh, at www.infowars.com and prisonplanet.com, as well as other sites who operate, Jones Report and others, and an unprecedented body of, I believe, at least 15 popular documentary productions. Uh, you have been arrested by presidents. You have been detained <laughs> by global law enforcement at the Canadian border. Uh, you provided the first bona fide proof of the cremation of care ceremonies at Bohemian Grove uh, in undercover espionage. Uh, you have been chased and confronted by uh, Bilderberg globalists wherever they meet. You have predicted the 911 attacks weeks before their occurrence and been arrested on live television while protesting. And as a result, have, have entered a type of iconic status with your uh, bullhorn of truth, as I call it, uh, representing the common man fully awakened to the works of the global elite powers that has stealthily enslaved the citizens of goodwill around the world. And I know that you've also tried to organize and inspire these kind of activities to provide resistance on all these fronts. Uh, we owe you a big debt here at Futurequake, and I just wanted to say this as we got started, because in our five years on air of broadcasting, we have regularly used your news stories in our weekly news mm -hmm. segment. Just yeah. about at least two a week, I'll bet. That's right. And uh, in your way of perceiving the meaning behind the world events we have uh, we observed today has certainly impacted our interpretation of the meaning uh, behind these events and even uh, in concert with the biblical worldview. And today we're going to talk about your documentary's Terror Storm and your new one, Fall of the Republic, Volume 1, The Presidency of Barack H. Obama. Uh, since this is uh, your first visit with us at Future Quake, and you may be unfamiliar with us, I just want to briefly tell you and our new listeners uh, a little bit about ourselves. Our strategic battlefront on the info wars uh, that you charge forward every day on radio is to interpret the worldview that you generally espouse in your work, in addition to the similar insights we have, into a biblical framework that resonates with the evangelical Christian-based people of faith. Uh, because we believe these perspectives are truly consistent with the uh, ancient and direct teachings of the Bible uh, and that have been lost in our current religious culture and the agendas of our government and religious leadership. Uh, do, do you feel like that is an important role for the evangelical community to take up their part in the fight? Absolutely. In the years leading up to 1776 and the start of, a, of our revolution against the tyranny of King George III, it was the clergy, and it was Christians, and it was Thomas Jefferson who said the resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. And so we've seen this new Romans 13 doctrine that's been distorted and twisted. It was Hitler's favorite uh, Bible verse to tell the people to submit to corrupt government that it was put there by God. No, only godly government, uh, if, it, if they're following God's commands, mm -hmm. uh, is is to be submitted to. And, and in this country, we don't have a Caesar we don't have an emperor under our Bill of Rights and Constitution. We, the people, are the masters of our destiny and the masters of this country. And so we need to render unto the American people what is right and just under the Bill of Rights and Constitution. And anyone that tells you to stand down in the face of tyranny uh, is an agent of the New World Order. And I want to be clear. I grew up as a Baptist, going to church every Sunday and going to you know, church a lot of Wednesday nights and, and to uh, – 
uh, church events and all of that. And I've always been a Christian, but and I was saved, and I had a relationship with Jesus. But at the same time, it wasn't one-tenth as intense as it is now because it was kind of compartmentalized. Yes, I love God. Yes, I try to be a good person. Uh, and you know, going to college, I quit going to church for years. And then as I discovered the New World Order and found out about how its systems operated, I approached all of this from a secular position trying to find out who are these global corporations? What is this world government? And I read all the U.N. documents where these elites were openly saying they were going to set up a carbon tax and they were going to have year-round school and they were going to make everybody basically their slaves and we were going to have a one-child policy and forced abortion. And then I read the books written by Maury Strong and the United Nations and the Biological Diversity Assessments in 89-96 and State Department Memorandum 200 and all these globalist statements and documents, and I discovered that they were worshipers of Lucifer and that they admit this and that they push an atheist system to blind the people so that they're not aware that there's actually a spiritual realm so that they're blind. The devil's greatest trick was convincing the world he didn't exist, but in truth, they fund the atheists and agnostics, many of which are atheists and agnostics, but the higher-level people even brag that they did this to blind people and make them not believe in God so true Christianity could be replaced with a type of fake Christianoid counterfeit, and then that itself uh, be turned over to a neo-paganistic, pantheistic religion. And United Nations documents that I cover in my film Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement, and other documentaries, uh, it, it clearly states that after they set up the global carbon tax on all human activity, and after they federalize all the states under international control, that, and, and this is important, that they would then launch it as a world religion. Well, I happen to have Newsweek, the cover story, saying Al Gore, the thinking man of the thinking man, the, the prophet, and it says he is bringing a new religion. And his new movie, After Inconvenient Truth, a new one coming out in a few months, is about a global religion. And they're saying he invented this. No, this is not some new, new age religion. This is the old-time religion predating Christianity of Gaia worship. And at its heart, they believe they must kill humans as sacrifices to, to purge the earth uh, of humankind. And, and since the time of Plato, they wrote about you know, the Greeks had human sacrifices. That isn't really taught in school, but that's right. in the history books. Some of the Greek groups, they taught that we must have wars to kill off our own Greek population to push uh, the burden of man off the breast of Mother Earth. So all of this is the right. most ancient uh, uh, system. And, and what I want your listeners to know is in my deep study of this, their own documents, they do not believe they're devil worshipers. They believe Lucifer is the true God and that Jesus is Satan and that Jesus is the liar and the deceiver, and they believe in their own stated documents that they the world government in to kill 80 to 90 percent of the population, and that that remnant who accept Lucifer, and I mean, this is David Spangler and others right. at the UN in, in speeches, they said once, they said, if you do not take a pledge to Lucifer, you will be killed, and only a remnant, again, they create a counterfeit, will go forward into the future uh, to other worlds, to other dimensions. And so these guys are psychopathic killers who get on their knees every morning to Lucifer 
It's even been in major newspapers that Tony Blair, about to be the head of Europe, former British Prime Minister, this is mainstream news that his wife's a witch and that he has convulsions every morning flopping around on the ground as the spirit of the light possesses him. Uh, Francois Mitterrand, the former uh, uh, president of France, admitted Luciferian, designed the the pyramid. I I mean, I could go on and on. The point is, your churches aren't telling you this, most of them. It's already here, and everybody's standing down thinking they're going to be raptured. Whether you're going to be raptured or not, the issue is we have a responsibility to stand against evil so that even if we get raptured out of here, whatever the, you know, the truth is, that after we're gone, people will remember what we said. So to everybody out there living in denial and not warning other people about this, you become accomplices to this evil work when you don't stand up against the New World Order that controls both political parties, all the major governments. It controls our government, the Iranians, the Egyptians, the Germans. It controls the entire world. The entire world is under the control of these uh, princes and principalities. The entire world is given over to the wicked one. The entire world is ruled by Satan. So anyone that tells you, kneel to Caesar, anyone that tells you that you are to worship the system, anyone that tells you that you are to submit to the the orders of this government is telling you to hit your knees before the Antichrist. Well, this this (laughs) this absolutely proves, Mr. Jones, that you have copied and plagiarized the future quake show for the last five years i wondered where you got your information it's directly off our show oh, you obviously broadcast it that's verbatim the message we give and I, I would like to mention to our listeners we have an incredibly intelligent listener base worldwide uh a lot of these people even came from coast to coast when i was on with george nori a couple months ago uh who have come and found that christians actually get it there are a group of Christians that understand what you just said, and we're finding each other via uh, the mainstream radio we have now, via the web and things. But if people doubt what you said about the violent, dark nature of the earth-loving people, I recommend that they go get the original copy of The Wicker Man. Uh, the original. Have you seen that, uh, Alex? Yeah, that came out in the 60s. The, yeah, 73, actually, with Edward Woodward and, and Christopher Lee. And you will actually see a movie that probably best captures the real motives of the earth-loving Gaia worship, uh, wonderful, peaceful uh, uh, people of the earth in their sensuality, into their own spirits. But don't mind sacrificing. No, I mean, that's based on what's even in National Geographic. Bonefires, that's where the word bonfire comes from. And all over England, all over Germany, all over Scotland, all over Ireland, there are people's heads bashed in, their throats slit, huge burial grounds of burned bodies where they would sacrifice people. That's what Halloween is, is that the high priest would demand a horse, a cat, maybe your child sometimes, as an act of submission to him, and then they would take them and slit their throat, bash their brains out, burn them to death. They had different ways they did it. And, and, and then every time you talk to the pagans, they say, oh, we're loving, we're good, none of that's true. But when you actually study them, that's what they tell their low-level members to get them to join. At right. the top, they are all devil worshipers. Well, uh, Alex, one of my more unique experiences in the last year or so was last summer I was invited to speak at a conference hosted by the World Council of Churches and United Nations. It was a spiritual organization. You might be interested in it. It's called the International Institute of Integral Human Sciences. It's an NGO. I know know who they are, and and the Rockefellers founded all of that. That's why our churches are so controlled. Well, on this particular group, they're they're starting a new religion. 
uh, called the Order of the Transfiguration. And their slogan is that they are serving as a midwife to create a new humanity for a new world order. That is their slogan on their website, and they say they're teaching this by means of teaching spirit communications, channeling, conjuring spirits, conjuring the dead. This is what they're training, and they have 10,000 members in this group now that lead cell groups around the world. And I had an opportunity to speak last year where they're now teaching, you know, with UN funding as well as World Council of Churches, that up to now these spirit channelers and mediums have been opening portals to contact the spirit world in isolated cases, but they now anticipate that it's going to open wide open and that these these spirit forces are going to come out via their channeling activities that they're doing. And I happen to speak about what the Bible has to say. I was the only Christian there, uh, myself and a person with me out of about 500 people there. And they have said that the only people that they don't, they really cannot tolerate are those who take the Bible literally. But they have a very, very active agenda. And I didn't know if you were aware of that. The Dalai Lama. Yes, I'm aware of the Earth First Battalion, the UN, Maury Strong, all of it. Right. They say every religion is good except for true Christianity. They love the fake Christianoid, uh, and that's how they're going to take over. Uh, I mean, Christians are going to be burning real Christians at the stake under the orders of these people. Uh, I, I mean, this is their mindset. And, and what does that tell you about true Christianity? It's the real McCoy. That's why the entire world is truly set against it. That's right. In fact, you'll get to see uh, Tom Bionic and I get to uh, burn some of those Christians <laughs> here soon because uh, Chris Pinto, who's a very close friend of ours and a colleague, uh, we star in his new documentary, Lamp of the Dark, that's just come out. And uh, we get to immolate uh, William Tyndall. Yep. William Tyndall and excommunicate a bunch of people and bury some people alive. So we got to live that out. You, you know what? A foundational passage that we use on our show, week in and week out, with a lot of the same guests you have on your show, uh, that we put in context. And you see, we're in a unique position here. We're on the largest Christian talk radio station in the Mid-South uh, of the U.S., right here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're broadcast every day at the 4 o'clock drive time. Uh, we come on every day at 4 o'clock after three hours of syndicated neocon Christian radio where they're promoting war, they're promoting more attacks, they're promoting uh, destroyed people of different faiths around us. And then we come on with our show and have a little bit different view of things. Uh, but one thing we always bring it back to is in just one passage, for example, Revelation 18. It talks very, very clearly, talking about uh, Babylon, the great city, which has existed from the time of the tower. And it really is and how they traffic in men's souls. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. And you know, the actual term, I don't know if you're familiar with the Greek on this, the word used is psyche. They say they, they traffic in all of these merchant products, including uh, slaves and the souls of men. And the word psyche used there uh, in the lexicon says it, it is the human soul in a so far as it is constituted by the right use of the aids offered it by God that it contain the highest end and secure eternal blessedness. And the soul is regarded as a moral being designed for everlasting life of men. So what they're saying is they're against all of that. Whatever it is that creates our highest degree of commune with God is what they're there to break. But it's very important that it talks about not only the kings of the earth, but the uh, great merchants of the earth. And the Greek word for that is called imperos, and it means international merchants, the people who travel with ships. So we're talking globalists and here. And their law is their UN law where everything is set up for the merchants and the big banks, and we the commoners are just chattel or are bond slaves. And, and the globalists understand this. They write about it. They right. admit it. And, and, and when you read that passage out of Revelation, that is exactly 
what is happening today, and they're very slick. And the Bible talks about, you know, the very elect being deceived. Uh, that, you know, what happened at the time wasn't short. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm jumbling it together. The, the issue here is that people are deceived because it's a sophisticated lie. Look, I don't like Muslim extremists. I know there are some dangerous Muslim extremists. I know it's a dangerous religion. I know that it's, you know, of the whole New World Order system. But the globalists openly bring these people here in mass. Over 50 years ago, the United States and England radicalized the most radical Muslim groups, helped them take over secular governments in the Middle East and Central Asia to build up this enemy. They created Saddam. They created bin Laden. It's now a decline that Hitler and Mussolini were MI5 agents and were funded by the British. Now, I already knew that, because it had come out in government documents that Hitler thought he had a treaty with the British and the U.S., and that they double-crossed him. You know, Hitler is evil, but how much more evil is it that our own government had a deals with him? I mean, that's, that's the evil of the New World Order, is that they have this dark alchemy, this, this, this dark logic, this dark mathematics they, these people are, are geniuses burning with a very unholy light in their eyes and because they, they don't have any rules to follow. They're not held back by conscience. They say they're illuminated. They're liberated. We are weak because we won't do as we will. Uh, you know, that is the whole law, as Aleister Crowley said. And, and, and so, so everything isn't what it seems. It, 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 it's much more, many more times sophisticated. They bring forth the enemies so that America will then turn into a police state. You know, I told people pre-9-11, I said, there's going to be staged terror attacks in this country. And I said, probably the World Trade Center. They're probably going to blow that up and blame it on their CIA. I said, Osama bin Laden. And I said, there are real Muslim extremists. And I said, there will be real terror attacks as well. Right. And, but I made the point that that will then be used against the American people and Christians. Now, what did I break earlier this year? The Homeland Security reports, the MIAC reports, the first few days when we released them, people didn't believe they were real, mm -hmm. so they talked to the FBI and confirmed they were real. I've been releasing different documents I got from FBI people and federal marshals that give us material and state police since 1998. No, just, we weren't big enough to make a national news story. Well, I got these new documents. That had been put out under Bush. Not right. that Bush was running anything, he was just a puppet. And had been expanded by Obama, listing gun owners, conservatives, Christians, libertarians, people that want to audit the private Federal Reserve, basically red blooded Christian Americans. Mm. I mean, veterans, it said, are the number one threat to Homeland mm. Security, and that Homeland Security is really set up for the American people. So, see, they tell the public that, oh, we're putting in airport body scanners that record your you know, naked uh, images of your body on hard drives, we're doing that to stop Al-Qaeda. No, they're not. Now, the, the, the average TSA person thinks they are. They're a good person. The average FBI agent, they're not sophisticated enough. They're deceived to understand this. But the higher-level controllers know fully what they're doing. So, see, see, they create radical Islam. They fund it. It's a perfect mind control system because there are radical Muslims uh, who are serving these groups, who really believe they're doing this for Allah. They don't understand up the food chain they're being funded by the very great Satan they think they're fighting. But the great Satan isn't America. The great Satan isn't Iran. The great Satan is above all the countries. It's global. It's in the air. It's money being transferred by satellites. It's these offshore corporations that are exempt from all the laws they pass. They want to wreck nation states as more
said right. in 92 in Rio de Janeiro before the UN. They want to destroy everyone. They want to mm-hmm. kill everyone. Right. That's what's so incredible is that the average person isn't ready to face this magnitude of pure evil. You have to get into the mind of Satan. You have to really get into the mind of what people uh, who have who have been influenced and controlled by this dark force have done in history. Then you know what their move's going to be, and it's going to be maximum evil, maximum destruction. Right. I mean, more duplicitous, more... What would Satan do? Ask yourselves, how would Satan deceive people? He'd take over the church. How would Satan bring down America? He would bring an outside threat against the country, so the country would set up a police state against itself, then use that police state against the people. This is... We're in a bear trap, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not even worried about them killing me or coming after me. All I care about is getting this truth out and warning innocent people we're back at future quake with dr future and tom not a slave to romans 13 that's for sure bionic well the one is god means but not the way it's been contorted by others right yes well uh mr jones in the last 22 minutes has compiled about three years worth of future quake material into a 22 minute segment you know uh it's it's almost like just spraying with an automatic weapon I you know yeah. how you know like you know those things the those shows that say well you can have as much as much nutrients in just one bowl of right. blah 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 right. this is like well you could listen to Future Quake for three years or you could just have one That's twenty right. minute segment right. there's a weapon out there called Metal Storm that fires a, fires a million rounds a second I've seen and that, that was sort of like neat. Alex Jones on our show today yeah. uh, there's so many things he covered uh, talking about um, the global government. Uh, the fact that it is a truly, by their own writings, a Luciferian mm-hmm. religion, but they cover it with a secular humanist, mm-hmm. atheistic cover to to sort of cover themselves with the common public. But if you really dig, you can find this information. Sure. Well, they make no bones about about that stuff. Or skull and bones about it. Yeah, skull and bones as well. Three two two. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it's two two three. Three two two. You hit it right. Okay. But. Uh, a couple quotes I thought that were very interesting from Alex honest. Jones that I've not not heard on his other shows. He said, uh, "The day is coming when the fake Christians will be burning real Christians." Indeed, and Sad, but it's true. I'm afraid that's the case. That many people who claim to be Christians, Jesus talked about that about being turned in by your parents and turned in and mm-hmm. and and people thinking they're doing God a favor by turning in his followers. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Bible says it, and he reaffirmed. That it's going to be other Christians that are going to turn on us, yeah. When when this day is coming, and the other thing he mentioned, he said that Christianity is the real McCoy. Uh, that's why the world is all set against it. Indeed. Well, you know, that's. I think that's uh, an interesting proof, but certainly true. Well, we're going to have a whole lot more to say, uh, and hear from Alex Jones. But right now, Merv can tell you how to contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're all done. 
I love our real McCoy. Enjoy the rest of this week. It's yep. a very special week. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I, of course, am Tom, here for Tuesday by Luck. And what a week it is. Indeed. We are in the middle of our historic interview with the one and only Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. Most of you out there uh, are huge Alex Jones fans. Uh, he's sort of the tip of the spear, as he's often described, mm-hmm. in the fight against the New World Order. Uh, but those of you who have never been, encountered Alex Jones, for whatever reason, even though a number of his uh, news stories have actually been cracked by his team that we have on, on our Tomorrow's Tremors on Friday. If you're not <laughs> aware of it, um, you need to be. Infowars.com. It mm-hmm. shows that every day you can listen to. Um, really, that's where the news about the New World Order breaks first, most of the time, is at his website. Yeah. He has paid a tremendous price, as we talked about in that first show, um, being arrested, being hounded by government officials, Mm-hmm. Uh, so many ways that they have come after him. Threaten him constantly. and He is now on the, they published a newspaper in Britain, the, the hate list of uh, the president, of mm-hmm. people, you know, enemies he was list. number 24. He's, he's on the enemies list of the president himself. A self-made guy who just came from a public access TV show and through total dedication now reaches probably a million people a day yeah. in his show. Maybe more. And uh, reaching a different audience here. Yeah. So, uh, any comments you want to make on yesterday before we proceed ahead? Well, I'll tell you, it's so good to see somebody or hear somebody who kind of like gets what we're doing. Uh, and as you mentioned, it was like a distilled future quake. You know, we took all of the central points right. and made this really strong concoction and then had a swig. Right. That's exactly Wow. Exact. Sort of like you used to buy Kool-Aid in those yeah. little packets. Only Kool-Aid's a bad analogy for yeah. what we're talking about here. Yeah. It's like the opposite. Condensed coffee. Yeah. Well, we're going to have some more revelations in talking about his his remarkable, unique experience infiltrating inside Bohemian Grove today. And then afterwards, we'll be right back to talk about it here on Future Quake. Now, you know, it's funny. You, uh, you, you have stared this evil directly in the eye. You've been nose-to-nose, face-to-face, uh, looking him directly in the eye physically at the same time and space. And, you know, at the beginning of this passage in Revelation 18, it talks about Babylon, the great city, being being the place of every uh, foul and unclean bird. And when I read that, I immediately thought of Bohemian Grove. Hmm. You were yeah. standing right in front of a, the foul and unclean bird of this great, wicked, great Babylon system, correct? Yes, they worship the owl, and they engage in mock human sacrifices of children to it. I even have their own internal literature now. And my interpretation of that in 2000 that I cover in my film, Dark Secrets Inside Bohemian Grove, that folks can find at InfoWars.com, it turned out was exactly accurate. I mean, I went and interviewed both Christian and secular uh, religion scholars mm-hmm. uh, at several universities uh, to be able to interpret the ritual, and their interpretation was accurate because years later I was sent by wives, uh, widows of dead mm-hmm. Bohemian Grove members. I was sent several internal annals. And uh, it's a purification ritual, kind of like voodoo. Right. With voodoo, they think they're stabbing a doll and, and inflicting as a psychic focus that on you. Here, they put all their sins, because they believe in karma, they believe it's a twisted reap what you sow of you, 
They believe they're going to be hurt by the bad they're doing, so they put it all on the child they kill. And, and, and it's, it's, you know, so it's kind of like a sin eater. But mm-hmm. they believe the child they're killing uh, is absorbing all this, all this evil. It, it, it's, it just... it, it's like a counterfeit of the uh, Old Testament Israelites you right. know, butchering the, the, uh, the, the, the unspotted calf or, or, or a lamb. Or the voluntary sacrifice of Christ. Mm-hmm. I find interesting in, in the information that I've gathered on the, the liturgy of the creation of care, if it's legitimate that I got, it actually glorifies the golden days of Babylon and Tyre. Uh, and they, they said that. They said that. I mean, I have audio of the ritual. Yeah, and, Tyre and, and Sidon, yeah. Right. Right, and Tyre, Tyre is uh, portrayed as the seed of Satan in Scripture. Uh, it's, it's very clear in Ezekiel. It talks about the king of Tyre being synonymous with what is usually used to describe Satan himself. So for any Christians out there that have any kind of hesitancy, and, and right now, uh, listening to us right now on their drive time going home are the leadership locally of the Southern Baptist Convention, of Lifeway Bookstores, of a bunch of Christian universities, uh, a number of ministries that are headquartered in Nashville here. And they hear this kind of information week in, week out. We report it regularly. We've reported about uh, the recent passing of Walter Cronkite, about his involvement as the Speaker of the Owl of Bohemian Grove, and about his great award from the Federalist Society. But we're talking to someone now who can testify that you were there and saw this activity. You saw leaders, Democrats and Republicans, media figures, corporate figures there. And not only did you testify and saw it, but that you actually got video footage out to confirm what what we're claiming, correct? Yes, and let's be clear. Let's be clear. The newspapers, after I snuck in and filmed the footage, all started calling me. San Francisco Chronicle, AP, you name it. This is in July of 2000, and they said, is this real? I said, of course it's real. I said, I'm giving it to Channel 4 out of England, which is, uh, and then it aired on the Trio Network here in the U.S. and other places. And the, the newspapers went to the Bohemian Grove and said, is this real? And they said, yes, because um, by then it was on the Internet. I put, a, uh, I put clips out for free on the web. They said, yes, Mr. Jones trespassed and got this footage. So they're on record admitting all of this. And then last year, well, it was two years ago, but he wrote the article a few months later, uh, not this July, but July before last, a top reporter for Vanity Fair, one of the biggest magazines in the country, he snuck in, right? But then got caught and got arrested, right? But he still then wrote a pro piece about it. But he admitted, yeah, it's homosexual orgies, and there's some occultism, but big deal. You know, this is just trendy <laughs> and fun. That is that is the attitude, and and I want to be clear with everybody. This is mainly a Republican hangout, and, and former German Chancellor Helmut Schmidt wrote in a, in a book he wrote, his own autobiography, called Men and Powers, a Political Retrospective. He wrote, oh, we have our own rituals. And this is in my film, Dark Secrets Inside Bohemian Grove. He wrote, oh, I love uh, our, our own groves, which the Bible talks about. I love our own groves in, in Germany where we do rituals. But my favorite place to go is Bohemian Grove uh, to do these rituals. And so I went there. Uh, I, I snuck in on the one day where this particular ritual, the cremation of care, was happening to, to, to Moloch, who's supposedly a bull. But then in other countries he was worshipped as an eagle or an owl. And the occultists all have multiple names for their gods. And, and they then addressed it. 
as a female god, then as a male god, they then said, may all the dead Bohemian Grove members' spirits be conjured and be here now. So they were doing some type of weird seance. They're obsessed with that. Then uh, they talk about goodly Tyre and Babylon. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and the 1,500 old men around me, looking across this little pond towards the, the idol and, and the altar, the black altar, they were in rapture. They were breathing heavy and grinding their teeth. And I kind of went, ooh, a few times trying to act friendly. And they would look at me with pure hate, like, what are you doing? And, act, you know, you don't do this when the preacher is praying. I mean, this was their church. And I obviously didn't know, you know, uh, it's like the cops in Dragnet, you know, the movie, who sneak into the to the pagan meeting. I didn't know how to do the goat dance right. right, and, right. And, 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 and so I'm there, and they were taking it very, 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 very seriously. And if you read the literature, Richard Nixon gave a Harper's Magazine interview, right. and they printed some of it, but after he died, they they released it. And if you search the term, Richard Nixon talks about Bohemian Grove. I can't quote him because he uses the Lord's name in vain. That's right. But 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 he says, for anybody that wants to hear it, because Harper's released it, he said, listen, it's, it's, it's homosexual orgies, most bleeping homosexual thing you've ever seen, but he still attended because of the power he got out of it, and and it is it is world leaders with male prostitutes flown in by the b- hundreds. Uh, the mainstream news has reported that gay porn stars are flown in to service them, and, and, and these people are just in full-on drunkenness, drugs, uh, sex, the, the minority of them like women, but this is a homosexual slash pedophile cult. Everything, really study it. everything you just described is consistent with the worship of Cybele and Dionysus. The drunkenness as a means to contact the spirit world. Uh, wine was the main way in which they did that to get themselves, the Maneads, up into a frenzy by which they could then throw all inhibition aside. Uh, the uh, Cybele as well had her attendants who dressed up as men, who dressed as women. And who acted effeminately and did these kind of activities? They do that. They, they're obsessed with that. So, so this is all part of it. And and even some of the favorite sons of the right. And and uh, Tom and I come from a conservative background, although we probably speak more against that because that's what Christian audience needs to hear most. People like Ronald Reagan have been mm-hmm. documented. The pictures, the other reporters have been there and talked to him. Were there? Yeah, it's a fake. It's a fake Christianoid. These guys are. And, and to be clear about Reagan. He's never been seen in the orgies. He's never been seen dressed as women. Nixon, Eisenhower, uh, George Bush Sr., George Bush Jr., photographed their admitted members. They have never been seen doing this, but there is this background of it going on. And according to Nixon, you just go there because you have to. It's right. like even if they didn't like it, and I'm not right. defending them. I, I just wanted to be fair. Even if they didn't like it, they never told us that except for Nixon. They still win. Right. For Nixon, it was critical, as I understand it, for his future campaign. It was a presidential campaign. He considered it his most important speech. But, you know, looking beyond left-right parties, you got gentlemen like So, Hitler. again, Nixon thought yeah. it was the most important place he would be. Exactly. Now, That's this right. is the power structure is the point. That's right. But Kissinger uh, is one who loves to participate in all that from the reports. Yes, of he does. Other he, reports. He, he does participate. And what about in your fact, cl- In fact, while I was there, I've never seen it in a book or a publication – but I did see they have like paintings up or photographs up glass on the trees, and I don't even want to say it. Well, you know how a woman, 
you know, will bend over provocatively. Right. It was Kissinger and another old man in drag with lipstick uh, bending over, uh, not mm-hmm. naked, but but right. I, I'm not even going to say it. It's Sedu- disgusting. Seductively trying to act like a pinup or something like that. These are the people who decide the <laughs> lives of millions of people. They decide how many millions in Africa die, where the food goes, where the armies go left or right across the field. And, and uh, of course, uh, another uh, advisor, very important, is one of your very close friends, David Gergen, who uh, I'm surprised has not <laughs> invited you to join him back to yeah. Bohemian Grove. I know you had some nice words with him on the street, did you not? Yes, David Gergen. Uh, I was corrected in my film, Dark Secrets Inside Bohemian Grove, that, by the way, is available on DVD at InfoWars.com, or it's free on the web if people want to see it in the lower quality. Just Google uh, Dark Secrets Inside Bohemian Grove and the addendum film, The Order of Death. But I was at the Republican RNC in uh, New York City in 2004, and I was waiting in line through the big checkpoints uh, to go in. It, it took sometimes an hour to go through the checkpoints. Is that standing next to the pain ray weapons? Oh, uh, yes, the they did have the microwave guns and sound cannons there. And, and, and you can't miss David Gergen. Yeah. He's, he's got to be seven yeah. feet tall. Now, those weapons, mean, not, are, those weapons are just for terrorists. Isn't that why we paid for those weapons, to go get those terrible terrorists overseas? Well, that's why they're now used at the tea parties and at the G20 protests. But uh, absolutely. Uh, and so, so here comes David Gergen walking along, and I walk over and I go, "I'm Alex Jones. Uh, I'd like to talk to you." I said, "I'm stuck in the Bohemian Grove," and he said, "Well, I'm very angry with you about that." And he started getting in my face, and he's like seven feet tall, hanging over me, poking me, and he has finger in my face. And then I said, "Well, did you take part of the ritual?" And he started doing some mild cussing, which Gergen's never been seen to do. He loses right. control, turns red, and says, "Listen." Uh, and really gets in my face, and he says, it's none of your bleeping business what I do in the ritual. And reportedly, he, he is part of the, uh, they have more than 50 people, The a, a classic black magic ritual. It's a, The occultists love to mix and match, but they have most of the outer circles in black. Then you have an inner circle. Uh, you know, the next circle is in red, kind of like the emperor's imperial guard with, with hoods. Mm-hmm. Then you have a few attendants to the priest that are in green, and then the high priest is in, like, glistening diamond uh, with a red cape on the inside, and he flips it out to the public, and then he has the boatman bring him the child that he then burns to the owl, and it screams in pain. And let me tell you, there's nothing more frightening than a bunch of demonic Nellies who rule our planet and the nuclear weapons getting off on their power. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we're in a lot of trouble, folks. That's right, and they they have their hand on a lot of switches. I I, I want to make one last little point, uh, something on the Bible, and then I want to talk about Terror Storm and move on. Um, the end of that passage I mentioned is the most critical part, where it says that these great globalist merchants of the earth and the kings of the earth use sorcery is the is the English term, but the word's pharmakia, and it is the use of drugs. If you look in the Greek by which to contact the spirit world and also to alter the states of consciousness of others. And it says, by, by through this, they deceive the nations of the earth. And I take those drugs to refer to a lot of things. It includes the vaccines we're given. It's including the, the, the Prozac, the Ritalin, uh, the chemicals that are in our foods. All of these are different means by which they alter the reality that we have and to deceive the world. Doesn't that describe, doesn't the Bible really describe everything that you cover, basically, for the most part on your show, through that passage? Well, I mean, that's what's amazing. Again, I I was brought up a Christian. 
I was saved when I was, you know, I mean, for real. I remember having an experience when I was 10 or 11, but, but I always loved Jesus growing up. Uh, but then it was kind of a compartmentalized thing of, okay, uh, I'm a Christian, and, and I love God, and then here's the world. And But I really came face-to-face through just solid research that the world's leaders, I mean, across the planet, uh, the dominant leaders, the people that are brought up to high places who are given the power over the world, are a group of degenerate, Luciferian-worshipping uh, Nellies. I mean, that's the biggest overriding thing is that, I mean, they're horrible murders. They, they, they brag how, you know, Zbigniew Brzezinski brags how he funded Pol Pot to kill three million people. They write books about it. They admire whoever's, I mean, these are really, there's, it's really disgusting. They're like these, not even effeminate, but they're these, uh, uh, just, just, just kind of unisex, kind of like the devil, I guess, in Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. I mean, I mean, they're like these unisex, mm-hmm. Uh, creatures who, who 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 just are greedy and petulant and want to murder people and want to control people and get off on pain and suffering and think it's all a big joke. And uh, you were bringing up the Bible where it's talking about pharmakia and sorcerers. A sorcerer in the guy with a pointed hat, uh, you know, casting spells on people. That's only the Hollywood idea. Right. It's it's somebody over a cauldron with plants and chemicals cooking up drugs to whack people out of their minds so they'll believe whatever scam he pushes. If you go back five, 6,000 years ago to, 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 to sorcerers, to, to witch doctors, whether it was Africa or Mesoamerica or the Middle East or Europe or China, they were all the same. They would cook up drugs, whack the tribe out on hallucinogens, uh, get them addicted to uh, a, a lot of different uh, plants, and then they were the keepers of the stuff that could make you feel good and the keepers of the medicine that could help you. And then very quickly they went from just having a hut to you know, larger societies, and pretty soon the ruling classes stopped. You know, before the chief was the strongest, the smartest, he knew how to catch the caribou. Now the new ruling class became the priest class or the pharmacia class, and they were the people that knew how to con and manipulate, and they knew when there were going to be uh, eclipses and things. And so they would tell the public, give me sacrifices to prove you submit to me, or the snake god will eat the sun tomorrow. And they would have forgotten that there was an eclipse 20 years ago and laugh at him. They would then see the snake, really, the earth's shadow, or the moon's shadow, go across the sun or the moon, whichever the case was, solar or lunar eclipse, everyone would fall down worshiping the priest and his priest class of servants. And so the New World Order believes they are those illuminated priests. And so it's all about drugging us, dumbing us down, putting fluoride in the water, putting Prozac uh, you know, out there to the kids and Ritalin and drugging everyone and, and GMO food and additives, which they admit are addictive, to where everybody's drugged out of their minds, looking into the crystal ball of the television set, completely mesmerized and brainwashed uh, in this hypnotized state. They do now traffic in our psyches, in our souls. They traffic in who we were, who we would have been. From birth, we're put in front of the television set. It is our parent. It gives us the messages of the New World Order. And that's why 50 years ago, one small example, if people saw someone murdered uh, on television, you know, even a veteran, a tough guy, would get very upset because they weren't right. desensitized to human suffering. Fifty years later, 
the average person has seen millions of simulated deaths and murders and arms being severed and throats being slit. You know, when I was eight, nine years old and would see that, it would scare me and freak me out. Mm -hmm. Now watching the worst violence in a movie does nothing to me. It's as if I've been in a hundred tours of combat. My brain sees those murders and torture and death as real. My conscience has been seared. My soul has been seared. Uh, and, and I'm conscious of that, and so I'm, I'm, I'm protected against it to a certain level. But I can intellectually see how my nerve endings psychologically and spiritually have been cauterized by looking at it, and I can now only intellectually analyze it. The nerves have been burned away to a great extent. I can only spiritually still see and understand that it's wrong. So I, you know, have sight through that, but I've lost my, 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 you know, intellectual sight. Again, this is trafficking in men's souls. I mean, I almost lost my soul to this system. So many other people have been so hardened by it. Again, the Bible talks about hardening of the heart, the ultimate sin, going over the edge. A lot of people, that isn't God so much, from my layman's perspective, studying it, saying, you're gone. You've already cut yourself off. You've been given so over to evil that you have nothing left. You've been turned into a biological android, a robot of sin and evil. All sin is is this evil programming. You have destroyed yourself. You have damned yourself from God because you don't even have a soul anymore uh, that can interface with God. It can only interface with the devil and all of his servants and death and destruction. And then you, you not only don't mind evil and rape and death and destruction and torture, now it's your beauty. Now you see it as good. And that's the true journey to the dark side, and so the whole world now can't get upset by seeing men, women, and children killed on television or in the real world, but if Marines throw a puppy off a cliff, everyone gets upset because the, the, the animal hasn't been dehumanized. They haven't right. seen two million simulated murders of the puppy. If they saw two million simulated murders of the puppy, you know, by the time they were 45, they wouldn't care about the puppy either. This is how they traffic in your soul, ladies and gentlemen. This is why you shouldn't watch that stuff or be part of it or look at it, because it literally blackens your heart. It blackens your psyche. It, 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 it. People think they're tough because they don't mind this stuff. No. It's that you were strong and were good and your, and, and your God-given soul and intellect uh, that hadn't been turned over to evil, recognize it as bad. It is that you're becoming evil and being turned over to darkness that it doesn't bother you. Right. And, mm -hmm. and Christians really have no excuse. You may have been raised up in our godless school system, which was designed to prepare for this. You may have had other stimulation via TV or movies or others in this direction. But those who have been lightened by God's Word see this here in black and white in the Bible and they have no excuse not only not to fall, fall in line with it, but to set idle on their hands. If there's any segment of society that has a duty to get up and resist this activity, it's those who have that understanding from the Christian worldview, correct? Yes, and I want people to know, it, it's not a game letting your children watch TV, any of it. It's all got programming, subliminals, brainwashing. Uh, I mean, this is a weaponized system. And the average producer at Fox or CNN doesn't even know that. They're a small part of the larger picture. Right. It's those programmers above it, and it's getting worse by the day. Folks, you need to understand that this is mind control. Uh, that's why they literally traffic in your souls. This is a black arm of hell that can literally reach out of that television and drag you straight down to the pit. I mean, 
I want people to understand, this isn't a game or a joke. These people mean business. Okay, they funded Hitler, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, Fidel Castro, and every other scumbag you can think of. This group means business. And to them, murdering, raping, killing the innocent, to them, abortion is beautiful. To them, tearing a baby apart is beautiful. You just have to understand, folks, they are literally... Literally, people who have become nothing more than mechanisms of entities directly from hell. Hell is real. Uh, I mean, all of this is real. I mean, the more I study it, the more I understand it. And, and, and to be blasted by it, and to to be able to really see it, it, it it's just. I wish other people could see what I've seen. I wish other people could study this system just from an intellectual, scientific perspective. I didn't come to this. As a Christian, you know, again, that was some little compartmentalized thing in my life. I right. kept studying these people, and I found out who they really were. And it, 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 it's it's just the biggest thing we have to overcome is the fact that they are so horrible that the average person just can't believe it. And I understand, even right. though I know this is all true, I have trouble dealing with it because, I mean, I think it's kind of like, uh, who was it, John on the Isle of Patmos, and he marveled at the beast. I mean, when you really sit back, and I'm only seeing a small piece of this, which is thousands of times more than the average person sees, I can't imagine having it completely revealed. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to speak. I mean, I can't believe that these evil people know all of this and have decided to turn themselves over to evil. Mm -hmm. But then I understand that they're already slaves to it. I mean, anyone who truly knows the truth and decides to join with this system has already gone too far. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, not going to the Bohemian Grove unless he infiltrates it bionic. You've been there on the perimeter. That's true. Can you imagine how he felt with all these powerful people that could do anything, being undercover, wondering if he was going to get busted? Well, thankfully, he didn't have the gift of discerning of evil spirits because he couldn't have have handled it. That would have freaked him out. But he sensed it (laughs) when they did the Grove thing, and he saw how they were... Drinking in when they burned the effigy. Yeah. You know, like the sacrifice. Oh, they were he just said like in love with he could sense they were just sort of going so yeah, much just, into it. Just into it. Yeah. You know, he has so far really confirmed the kind of things that we've put our own two and two together. Mm-hmm. You know, we've used all of his research, but yeah. But uh, there's the spiritual aspects of it, he doesn't dispute it at all. No. And absolutely. he was there. Yeah. Someone else indisputable is our friend Merv, who can tell you how to contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the shows, topics, or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to go. He's rather like a spirit, that Merv. <laughs> yeah, but a good one. Yeah. Um, come back tomorrow for our last segment with Alex Jones and a special guest on Thursday. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake.
Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Of course I am Bionic. You are, therefore you exist, Bionic? Uh, I think therefore I am. Okay, that's good for me. Uh, this week, uh, if you've not tuned in so far this week, we have a legendary guest. Uh, we have Alex Jones, the host of the Alex Jones Radio Show, with approximately a million listeners a day across the country. Almost as many as Future Quake. Almost as many as here, yeah. Uh, the producer of a, about 15 documentaries, all which have really been earth-shaking and shaken the public consciousness. 23? 23 okay. in total. Thanks for correcting me on there. I'm here for you. <laughs> uh, his last one is uh, Fall of the Republic, Volume 1, mm-hmm. The Presidency of Barack H. Obama. Uh, we also talked about his uh, documentary, Terror Storm, which helps people who are new to these thoughts about understanding how state-sponsored terrorism and false flag operations are really the normal order of the day for nations throughout history, mm-hmm. including today. And, and I can tell you, his research will actually change the paradigm and worldview of people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It takes the same data of information, puts it on its ear in interpreting what it means, the mm-hmm. significance. That is quite an accomplishment for any person. He is a he is a, a pretty like amazing himself. individual. It's not like he can go, it's not like he can go and be like, well, okay, what do I do about this problem now? Nobody's ever been in his position. He he has gone where again, no one has ever tried before. I know. It's unique. unique and that's situation. why we need to pray for him. Oh, absolutely. We need to pray for his wisdom. Uh, he'll be set up. He's he's impacting powerful people. Of course, we had the president mm-hmm. arrest him. Mm-hmm. We've had Bilderberg globalist people arrest him at borders, like we talked about. Even Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo Rivera, I watched on TV where he got drug off right in the middle of a crowd. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't say, oh, it'll be okay because this happens. No, he's like, he's like a big, strong, he is that big, strong dose of coffee that he, we talk about. He doesn't know what the future holds, but yeah. we as Christians know who holds tomorrow. So we need to lift him up and make sure that he stays in, in God's protection and spirit and wisdom and discernment. So we need to go to him. So no further mm-hmm. ado, here is our last installment with Alex Jones the documentary filmmaker of uh, Follow the Republic, Volume 1, The Presidency of Barack Obama, which is out, available now at Infowars.com. And we uh, will come back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Well, in some of these people, the deception is the other problem. They, while they seem blatant, and they're blatant in your eyes, Alex, I mean, it's obvious to you, you see their handiwork. For others, there's been so much deception laid that many times they will come people, even with their own religious affiliation, you know, I think of people like Eric Prince, who says he's going to go out there and get people of different faiths and the predominant faith. He's going to wipe those people out on the other side of the world. He, he's a main bankroller of some of those popular Christian ministries here uh, in the United States. It is very, very difficult for Christian people to work through that and recognize whether unwittingly or purposely people whom they really trusted on, quote, their side are people who are, who are partakers of this kind of thing. I want to ask you about your your documentary, Terror Storm, and then get on to your new one here in conclusion. I have found that Terror Storm is an ideal tool to uh, persuade uh, uninformed skeptics about the principles you teach. But you you systematically show them uh, well-known historic terrorist-style events going back in history, and then you confirm later clear evidence of the systematic deceptive government actions that were not revealed at the time, but these events were used to change public opinion and world history. And that what you do is you lay a convincing case that what we see reported, most terrorism we see today, is actually state-sponsored terrorism. And that much of it is, is uh, confirmed to be false flag operations. 
which is self-inflicted but blame on other people. Now, I find that's one of the most effective tools for people who are too completely blank out to this to see a continuing theme. Um, you know, we uh, have even added to this approach on our show when the NSA documents were declassified about the Gulf of Tonkin, uh, showing that it was a complete fabrication. And, in fact, that these current terrorist stings we see right now are almost always FBI-led. And you were the person who pointed out to us to see, to look for the FBI guys that are leading this, the people of limited mental aptitude. Do you agree that this documentary you did, Terror Storm, is a good first step to open people's eyes in this manner? And, and, and if so, what kind of events, the, the kind of events we're talking about, terrorist events, uh, do you think uh, people who are new to this, you find is most convincing to them to assist them in accepting uh, what you're proposing? Yes, I think Terror Storm is an excellent film, Terror Storm, a history of government-sponsored terrorism. Again, the DVD is available on InfoWars.com. Anybody that gets any of the uh, films that I've produced, it's more than 20 now, at InfoWars.com is welcome to make copies, give them to everybody they know. Most of the films are free online, but it's, it's in pretty low quality. So if you're going to make copies, it's best to get the DVD at InfoWars.com. And to be clear, there's three different types of stage terror and, and several subgroups, but you have provocateur uh, stage terror. Uh, then you have stage terror where governments are funding through terror organizations who actually work for the governments, and then the terror organizations order people below them to go carry out the terror. So there's contracted terror, there's provocateur terror, and then there's purely stage terror where the government carries out the whole attack and no foreign group or corporation or separate terror organization organization was involved. Then there is some other asymmetrical, uh, true homegrown terrorist organizations that are out there. Uh, so to be clear, some terrorism is real, but what you have to understand is regardless of whether it's real, staged, manufactured, provocateur, you have to understand that terrorism is being used to take your liberties and freedoms, and we now have the internal government documents where it's admitted that you are the real target, Christians, conservatives, gun owners. And so they tailor uh, the terror threat of foreign, brown-skinned, you know, another religion. They've done the psychological test. They know this is threatening. In 1984, the bad guy is a dark-skinned guy with a turban. And, and, and really, it's the government staging the terror attacks. In 1984, Winston Smith finds out, written by George Orwell, uh, and, you know, he figures that out, that that uh, really there's a global government waging wars against the individual uh, and that the major factions aren't really fighting with each other. Right. And, of but course, now they, still, they still have their, what do you call it, two minutes of hate? I can't remember what oh, they had. Oh, two ever. minutes of hate in the morning, yeah. Yeah, they have to do that. And, in fact, that's what we – don't we still do that now in our own country? We have our two minutes of hate of the enemy du jour that we have it's now. like drinking coffee? What? Yes, <laughs> and then – Exactly, and then they can actually attack us individually. The entire grid, the police state grid we construct, the cashless society system, it's really then used against the people. It's not used against the uh, made-up boogeyman. And, and, yes, we show example after example of completely declassified examples where our own government admits, this is not debatable, that they've staged terror attacks. And then we show government documents where the government explains to their own people why they're staging terror attacks, to then blame it on their enemies. And we also show how Hitler firebombed his own Reichstag. 
to declare dictatorial powers. Then how he snuck attack right. uh, Poland as a pretext, Leibowitz, to then say, oh, Poland attacked us. You know, Germany didn't just attack Poland, and, and, and you know, the Germans wouldn't have gone along with that. They staged an attack on a German military base and dressed up dead Poles in Polish uniforms. They took Polish prisoners that they had for, arrested in Germany, Polish Jews, shot them in the head, dressed them up in Polish uniforms, and that's now declassified. So all I'm trying to explain to people is, this is problem, reaction, solution, and yes, Terror Storm is excellent, excellent to. Well, and and I, and I want to talk about your your new documentary now. I know our time's getting away, but just to make things really simple for our listeners, just go to Infowars.com to the store and just hit select all, and just <laughs> just get one each. You should have a button there that says select all, and just get all of it. And then you need to set aside, take a week off from work. And sit down and put in one right after the other and get your education. Well, I don't know if I don't know they if should, even I could handle that. They should I mean, offer. Well, we tell people to listen to five years of our archive shows that are free. You <laughs> you need you should offer continuing education units for this. Except yeah. you'd have Can to I get, get a it from the from the evil government to 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 record it. But uh, on your new documentary with so many topics that you've covered and you've put yourself in harm's way to be able to get the story on a lot of these with all the subject matter you've covered in your prior documentaries. What subjects do you did you want to uniquely cover in your newest documentary, Follow the Republic, and it's Volume 1, The Presidency of Barack H. Obama, and what objectives did you want to accomplish with this work in particular? Okay, well, thank you. Uh, well, basically, Follow the Republic is real time. I mean, I finished this film uh, about four and a half weeks ago, and it went on sale uh, you know, a week later, and it's now shipping out to folks, and it's a DVD, and it is the best film I've produced. It gets into television mind control. It gets into who the globalists are, how they operate, how they engineered the banking crisis uh, to bankrupt the planet, to bring in a one-world government with their own statements. See, the, the difference is they're now all admitting it everywhere in this film. Everything we've talked about, and I've talked about for 14 years, is now coming true. I wasn't psychic. I, I was reading their own documents, but 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 now it's not just their documents. They're now saying it, you know, at the Parliament, at the Congress, at world meetings, and we show how Obama lied about everything he said he would do. How he's a globalist. Uh, we explain also that you know Bush was just a puppet. Should we shadow the left-right paradigm? That's key because the globalists will just replace Obama in three years or seven years with some fake right-wing puppet, and then we'll all feel like we've had a victory, but right. in truth, we would have been suckered. And it also shows how Obama uh, brazenly violated Article One, Section 9 of the U.S. Constitution by seating himself at the head of the United Nations Security Council, thus becoming the first U.S. president to chair the world body simultaneously. We cover the scientific dictatorship and its final stages of completion, and laws protecting basic human rights are being abolished worldwide. Uh, you can give this film, you know, this film is meant for the average person to be able to watch a two-hour, 24-minute documentary and, and really have a crash course in the whole system. I wanted to make a film that was real-time, that showed people what's currently happening now. And uh, there's 30 minutes on the carbon tax, how it's going to micromanage your entire life, uh, the Copenhagen Treaty, uh, which even if it doesn't pass, and it looks like it may, it's passed the House, uh, the House version of it uh, that accompanies the treaty, the, the bureaucracy is already implementing this. So fall of the republic is a new level in my filmmaking 
uh, and uh, it, it, it's the most powerful film I've made. I really hope people will order it at InfoWars.com, uh, or they can watch it uh, online in, in, in higher quality at PrisonPlanet.tv and see all my documentary films and archive radio TV. It's all right there at PrisonPlanet.tv. Or they can call toll-free to get any of the documentary films or books or materials at 888-253-3139. I just hope that whatever people do, they get full Republic. They make copies of it. They show it to their church. They show it to their Bible study. They 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 give it to their neighbors. Uh, We need to because if somebody will just watch this, they will now understand what they're seeing on the news. I mean, I mean, this film is really timely. People are ready to wake up now. For so long, folks have denied all of this. Uh, But but, but I'm finding, uh, from the Christian perspective, that so many atheists call me, so many agnostics call me, so many people of other religions call me, and they say that they've had a religious conversion to true Christianity because I never Bible thump. I never even talk about it from a Christian perspective. I just report Okay, here's a world leader saying they worship Lucifer. Okay, they want to set up a world government and make you take chips. Oh, they're taking over the food supply. Oh, they're uh, you know you know they're setting up ten kingdoms according to the United Nations documents. People go, wait, I heard that in Sunday school. My mom made me go. That was written two thousand years ago. How did they know about ten kingdoms then? And this is the perspective that's really reaching people. And and. and because the devil is good at putting out fake Christianity, glitter bugs with gold all over them, acting stupid, being caught cheating on their wives, or caught with boyfriends, or caught stealing money, to make true Christianity look bad, they created a, a, a fraud. And so we come out and expose the mainline churches as frauds. We come out and expose the Romans 13 cult as frauds. We come out and expose all of this, and it's really waking a lot of people up, and they're getting a true relationship with the Creator, and they're breaking free of Satan's mind control. And I'm telling you, that is the greatest blessing in my life. I don't want big houses or diamonds or gold or money or wealth. I certainly want some of it to protect myself and be strong against the enemy, but I don't worship it. What I what I idolize and what I believe in is, is laying down my life for others, standing up against evil, protecting the innocent, being true, knowing I'm honest, knowing I'm good, knowing that there are good people out there, and knowing that we're going to have a victory against this evil if we have faith and stand up against it. Sure, the New World Order is going to wage war against the saints and win, but that then creates the response of an even bigger awakening when people, I mean, you think people are waking up now to the devil? Wait till they're actually executing us. Wait till they're cutting our heads yeah. off. That Only by that will we then stop these child molesters and the CPS and the corrupt governments. And so, I mean, I'm not looking forward to being tortured and killed, but if, that, if that's what happens, I, I'm glad. I mean, yeah. I just want to save innocent people. And it's not some heroic thing. It, 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 it's the spirit of Jesus in all of us to want to defend innocent and to want to warn people and to want to stand up against this evil. I mean, it's what we were designed to do, and none of you out there are going to be fulfilled in these fake glitter bug churches 
telling you to worship the government and worship corruption and do whatever you're told and pray for money and you're going to get it, you're not going to be happy even if you got that money. You're not going to be happy until you stand up against evil, until you stand up out front of an abortion clinic and save a baby. You're not going to be happy until you actually face evil because then you're going to see the evil's real and then you're going to understand just how real this is and you're going to ask yourselves, why didn't I get out on the battlefield earlier? People need to get out of their... Uh, you know, little church groups, it's great to go to the church groups, but they need to get out sometimes and actually get out there and fight the New World Order. Well, l- let me just say, Alex, that what you just said, I, you know, I fully completely understand and agree with what you said. A lot of these little small churches out here, most of them are in ignorance. They don't know. They want to they wanna benefit the community. They want to help others. They've been told a line. They don't know this information. Those of us who know have a responsibility to share with them. Absolutely. And at least try to help them understand what's going on, show them in their own Bible that this is consistent with them, and recognize they have a responsibility. They need to get off the couch, quit watching the TV, go grab a sign, go take their children, let their children see them doing something manly, and let them show that they're defending those who are helpless. And protect the helpless until you're drug away, until your fingers are clawing trying to protect a child or your neighbor next door. Even people you disagree with, people you horribly disagree with, you protect their rights and the welfare of their families. And, and, and what you've done is, is you filled a void that many leaders in the church have stepped away from that their predecessors generations ago led the fight, the fight against slavery, the fight against uh, all of the other evils that we have in our society, civil rights, other kind of things. And we had leaders of the church that stepped forward for many of these things, but now they've retreated, and now they're finding they identify more. I'm talking about at the very top. We talk a lot about the CNP on the show. We name names of the people who are involved with them and the ministries and the big money that goes and there's a big gulf down to the people in the local church. I want to encourage everyone to get involved in a local church, but to share, to share this information, give out free DVDs, do other kind of things for people. And uh, th- this gentleman, Alex Jones, he, he is such a greedy guy with such an agenda. He offers his information out <laughs> for free, free yeah. for people who cannot pay. And, and if anyone says that you have any other kind of agenda than that, I point to that information and say, does this look like someone who's in it for the money? But to our Christian friends in closing, I want to challenge you, do not go and take the free information. Go purchase it. Get money to Alex Jones so he can do more of this work. It takes money. His family sacrifice much. His staff sacrifices a whole lot. Uh, you know, we put 60 or 70 hours a week free uh, doing this show. This is this is part, part of the battle. We, we volunteer our, our time every week to do this show. But you do a tremendous amount of work like that. People need to, to sponsor your work because when they fund and buy your materials, that gives you the money to do more. And I just want to say that in your planning, uh, Alex, when you're looking to expand, I know you're looking in things like cable and other channels and doing things like this. Uh, if you can find a, a little piece of what you're doing to be able to take this information and put it in the kind of paradigm and understanding that people of faith can grasp it in the language they understand, that's what we're trying to do here, and we're finding that it's working well here. We have many tens of yeah. thousands of listeners uh, locally and then many tens of thousands worldwide on our show. Oh, you're doing a great job, and I'd love to have you uh, on my radio show uh, sometime well, I, uh, because people wow. need to hear about this message. Well, and, uh, you know, it works well. Dr. Stan uh, has us frequently on his show, and, and Chuck Baldwin and others, even Judge Napolitano, really like what we're doing. Uh, but the message is resonating. Our, our, our audience is doubling about every three months. 
on the air. And so people just need to hear, and it needs to be given from a responsible voice. When you give your information, you're very, very careful not to be put in a spot, not to have people put words in your mouth. When it comes to religious things, you won't let the atheists let you denigrate all of religion, but yet at the same time, you don't let religion uh, split up people uh, of different beliefs. So, you know, God has well, chosen sure. I mean, you. I, I mean, I understood that... that that there's all these other groups fighting over religion. And I, right. I point out, I'm a Christian, the globalists are Luciferians. Now, here's the news, here's the info. And I certainly right. make mistakes, and I'm not perfect. You know, I do this four hours a day on the radio, then do two or three interviews a day, right. try to make films. Uh, because I'm just, you know, I've never even said that I'm perfect and I've got all the answers and I'm a perfectly good guy. I'm certainly a sinner and have problems like the next person. But I am doing this from a pure heart. Because I understand how evil these enemies are that we're facing. And, and, and I would challenge your listeners that I know it's not pearls before swine. I actually hope that they do go to YouTube and Google and type in Fall of the Republic or the Obama deception or End Game. And I hope they don't just watch them for free. I hope they give it to their whole email list mm-hmm. because I am after taking souls away from the globalists. Uh, you know, I don't want their souls. I want God to get their souls. And I understand the globalists literally have control of people's hearts and minds and souls because that's what they're really after. The globalists don't want materialism at the top. They use materialism to control lower-level people. And, and that's what's so sophisticated about these people uh, is, that, is that they know it makes us tick, and they sell us uh, down the river because they do want your mind. They do want your soul. They know what they're doing. And so I always say don't let Alex Jones or anybody else become a distraction from the work. Just research it for yourself and then decide what you're going to do and get involved against this tyranny. And, uh, gentlemen, I really want to thank you, no, you for go. having me on. And and, uh, and I'd like to have you uh, both on my radio show uh, in the next few weeks, and I hope people will visit InfoWars.com and uh, PrisonPlanet.com and, and, and become leaders. You know, you guys have been doing this five years. You're reaching hundreds of thousands of people and soon millions every week. I started out 14 years ago. And, 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 and don't let the devil – one big thing I've seen the devil's done in my life and tried to do, even back when I was a teenager, was they use good people's own – conscience against us. Oh, look, you're not perfect. Oh, look, you had a bad thought. Oh, look, you didn't do that perfectly. Oh, look at what you're doing. You're not worthy to stand up against evil. You're bad. You know, why don't you just go ahead and be evil? Nobody cares. Nobody, you know, nobody wants your help. Nobody wants to hear from you. That's what the New World Order does. That's what the devil does. That's what this spirit, it's a spirit, it's a system. That's what this entity and all of its systems create, you know, they create a wavelength, like a light, like a system, a, a, a atmosphere, a spirit, a, uh, a, a temperature. I mean, I mean, it's a real, tangible thing. Folks, none of you were perfect. You weren't born perfect. You'll never be perfect until you're sanctified. But, you know, when you're dead and, and you'll know, go up there at the great white throne judgment. But the point here is that doesn't matter. You still know good from evil. You still want to defend the innocent. You still want to warn people. So don't let anybody ever tell you that you've got to be perfect before you go out and confront things. I have so many people tell me, oh, Alex, I wish I could do what you did. I wish I could start a radio show. I wish I could get involved. <laughs> we I wish just I could gotta do it. Yeah. yeah. You just hey, gotta have do them it. listen to our show. They'll immediately feel comfortable. <laughs> They'll be like, hey, me. if these guys can yeah, do it. Yeah, if Mr. Magoo and his partner can do it, they can do it. <laughs> no, no, hey. you guys 
guys are doing a great job, and I want to thank you for having me on. I mean, my point is, folks, we do, we need people to stand up and speak out now. And, and as soon as you hear the devil tell you, oh, you're not up to this, that's a lie. Right. Get out there on the battlefield. Stop sitting there sucking your thumbs. Exactly. Can we close with just a very quick prayer for you? Can we pray sure, for you. you and your work? I would really, really like to do that. Heavenly Father, I just pray for Brother Alex. Mm -hmm. Lord, he has risked life and limb. Uh, he, he's lived like the, the people in Hebrews who've, who've lived in caves that have been chased. That, that didn't know what their next day was going to be like because he has stirred the pot and shaken the nest of some very, very powerful people who are being exposed by his work. And we know your work is behind exposing darkness and exposing lies with the light of the truth. Mm -hmm. And, Lord, I pray for protection for Brother Alex. I pray that you would give him discernment and the peace that passes all understanding, wisdom that comes from up above. Let him know those who associate with him who are not in his best interest or those of others. Let him be able to determine when he's in circumstances, Lord, that are not good, and also know those who he can trust. Mm -hmm. uh, Lord, I pray for his family. I pray that they would rest in peace and that he would have spiritual communion with you. And, Lord, his spirit would grow as well as his intellect. I pray that you would give him the resources he needs, that people would provide it to him, that he could be able to do this work. And I pray that you give him the peace in the midst of what he does and knows that he can rely on his Christian friends uh, that will always build him up and support him as he attempts to do your work. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Alex, appreciate so much what you're doing. I've waited many well, years to be able you. to tell you this. Uh, I was at the uh, 911 Truth Conference in L.A. I got to ask the second question there. Uh, you were a little bit busy for <laughs> me to get a hold of you I then. You say that? Yeah, you were. <laughs> you looked pretty stressed running around there. And I know it's only gotten worse because the Lord has blessed your work. And um, I want to thank you so much for coming on with us. I wish we could have you on more, but I understand uh, your demands, and I just appreciate you making time for us. Yeah. Well, I'd love to come back on in the future. Take care, guys. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom Bionic. He's here, Bionic. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think about our, our Man, experience with Alex Jones? It's so great to hear somebody who actually gets fired up about life and um, doing good. You know, whether it's Colette Bercou, who we, so we mm -hmm. seem to mention her a lot. Motivated. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like, I'm going to go out and do good, and I'm wow. going to be fired up about it. And I'm not going to be... Talk down or just discouraged or dissuaded by people to say you're crazy, you're making a fool of yourself. Yeah. Um, and how many untold numbers of people has he motivated who have changed the way they look at the world and what they're doing in the world based upon his work? I can think of two right now. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, one day people will appreciate what he's done. Right now, what he is is he he's a magnet for controversy and criticism. Mm -hmm. But uh, many people would run into a hail of bullets beside Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. And that's a very successful effort. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we got to pray with him. I know he appreciated that prayer Good. that we had with him. I, I, I think he needs more of that sort of stuff. More of you, if you get a chance, when you email there uh, at Infowars.com, tell them that you heard him on Future Quake and that you will be praying for them. And uh, God might do a work yeah. through them. Uh, someone else we need to hear about is Merv, who can tell you how to contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. 
that's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E, at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're way over. Let's get out of here. Come back tomorrow. We have another very special guest tomorrow, believe it or not. But until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. Uh, Tom Bayana can't be with us today. Uh, he's away for the holiday here at the time of this recording. We sure hope you enjoyed our monumental interview with Alex Jones this week. And we continue to get better as today we have Pastor Chuck Baldwin, uh, pastor of a, a local church in the Florida Panhandle and also the 2008 Constitution Party presidential candidate and nominee. Uh, dropping in to talk about the American Evangelical Community Call to Repentance and Action. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about there, so with no further ado, here is Pastor Chuck Baldwin, and we'll be back to wrap it up here at Future Quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. Uh, we're flying today without our good friend Tom Bionic, who uh, actually is seeing his family across the country today for Thanksgiving. But we have a wonderful guest, one of our favorite people coming back on Future Quake today, Pastor Chuck Baldwin who was the 2008 Constitution Party presidential candidate, amongst many other roles, and, and a pastor of a local church. Uh, and we're going to talk today about the American evangelical community call to repentance and action. Pastor Chuck Bowen, welcome back again to your friends here at the Future Quake Show. Mike, it's great to be with you once again, and happy Thanksgiving. Well, I know your time is very, very short, uh, and even our time here in the show is brief. So let me give just a real brief capsule about your background for the tens of thousands of new listeners that we've now had since your last visit here. Uh, you're not only a pastor of a major Baptist church in the Florida Panhandle, but you also ran a very successful campaign in the 2008 presidential uh, election as the nominee uh, for president on behalf of the Constitution Party, which, as I understand, is the third largest political party in terms of registered voters in America, just behind the Republican Party. And, of course, shortly thereafter, that successful campaign, you and your supporters were declared terrorist threats by the Missouri Police MIAC report and subsequent National DHS report. Uh, it's, it's funny how you can go from the highest to highest to lowest to lows in this country. Uh, in spite of this, in your weekly columns at ChuckBaldwinLive.com, your public speaking appearances and contributions in documentaries like Camp FEMA, you continue to challenge the American people of faith to wake up from their indifference and even from their cooperation with the forces of tyranny and violence, and to fulfill the, their duty to be their brother's keeper and defend justice and the rights and well-being of their fellow citizens. You know, this week, uh, Alex Jones was on our show, and even he sees a role, as he said on our show, for the evangelical community and society to defend yet against exploitation, deception, and tyranny. Given where we are today, uh, as you document in your weekly columns, what is the strategy and plan of action you now recommend for the American evangelical community to become the kind of salt and light that our society so desperately needs today? Well, Mike, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, let me just uh, respond to the MIAC report. I think we need to let the listeners be, uh, uh, know that as a result of my column and, and uh, the speaking engagements that you referred to, as well as others, the, uh, the leadership 
there in the state of Missouri uh, that produced that report was forced to withdraw the report completely. Praise the Lord. And not, and not only was the report withdrawn, but the man who authored the report was reassigned. He lost his position over uh, the uh, resulting feedback uh, from this uh, very uh, ridiculous and outlandish report. Your your listeners should also be aware that it wasn't just my supporters right. that were categorized, but it was right. also supporters of Congressman Ron Paul. And so this was a it was an extreme uh, case of profiling uh, in a way that would make ordinary patriotic uh, and many times God fearing citizens into uh, so called dangerous extremists. And as a result of the reaction of people, not only in Missouri but around the country, uh, this was put to bed uh, very successfully, and, and so we're happy to report that. I think that as far as what the evangelicals uh, should be doing to be the salt and light, I think the first thing they have to do is is uh, wake up. I mean, I think for the most part, uh, we evangelical Christians have been in a protracted state of slumber. Uh, we have, I think, become so materialistically minded. We have become so worldly in our philosophy that I think we have lost sight of what it has meant uh, in ages past to be a Christian. You know, we are among the, the very few uh, of, of world history that have been able to live in a society that did not faith, especially Christian people. And this is due to the sacrifices of our founding fathers and the Christians that went before us. Now, we have sat in the lap of luxury and convenience and comfort for so long but I think we've lost the edge a little bit about what it means to be salt and light. So I think we have to wake up. I think we have to recognize that we are in the process of losing this constitutional republic that was bequeathed to us, that we are losing our freedoms and our liberties. And if we do not take a very active and aggressive role in, in fighting for those principles upon which our country was built, I believe those principles are going to be lost. Well, you know, we've talked about this many times on our show uh, over the last couple of years and, and months. And as the months go by, uh, the plans of action we have now in this stage of this of this battle in our in our country, a spiritual battle, uh, become more and more uh, pronounced and more specific in our plans of action we need to take. You know, as we've stated here previously, um, our national evangelical leadership have, and this is maybe a harsh word, have prostituted themselves, I believe, exclusively to the Republican Party. Uh, and I'll I have to say that I was one who had voted Republican my whole life until I voted for you in this last election. Uh, they, Our leadership meets in secret groups like the CNP, and then they sell slogans and worldviews to the sincere faithful masses of the faith community uh, through Christian radio and other means, as well as actively promoting war and even being bankrolled by guys like Eric Prince, the head of Blackwater, who is now, as I'm sure you know, accused in federal court of numerous charges, uh, including indiscriminate killing of Iraqi citizens and even prior employees, starting child prostitution rings in service of his employees. Uh, in fact, even though he and his parents are founders of, and, or major contributors to major parachurch groups like the Family Research Council and Focus on the Family, I am not aware of any comments from any of these groups concerning his activities. Now, the man deserves his day in court. 
but we've heard nothing about these kind of associations. You know, furthermore, the, the common dominionist slogan that uh, pervades in a lot of these groups uh, espoused in Christian media is, you'll hear over and over again, occupy until I come, which I think exposes their desire to be an occupying army over an unwilling populace, much like our, our empire currently in America provides an occupying army in foreign lands today. As a result, can these groups... Uh, in the current leadership we have in the evangelical community, really have any relevance to us in terms of providing national moral leadership? Or should we construct alternative movements and leadership to have a credible impact in our society today? Well, this is going to sound harsh uh, on my part, but I think the answer to your twofold question is no to part one and yes to part two. And I say that uh, not without a, of, uh, a personal um remorse uh, because of of the uh the way that I have uh, respected these men and have supported them and appreciated the leadership that they have brought uh, in the evangelical community in years gone by but I think because of what you've just said and and other things that I think would be um, associated with what you said I, I think that these, these men, unfortunately, have become, for the most part, irrelevant to the restoration of liberty and freedom in our country. Uh, as you note, they either willingly or unwillingly, and I think it was willingly, married the Republican Party to the point that uh, they were unwilling to be salt within the party. Instead of being the watchman on the wall, as God would have us to be as Christian leaders, he sat at the, at the king's table and uh, found themselves very comfortable there and were unwilling to jeopardize that seat. And as a result of that, uh, they compromised. I think they acquiesced and surrendered many of the very, very fundamental principles that made us a movement to begin with. Uh, and I think, too, the, the fact that you alluded to it uh, with your uh, uh, analogy of, of uh, Mr. Prince and Blackwater, but it's, it's a full concept that we have sold our ministries to the highest bidder. We have been bought and paid for by uh, mega corporations, by big donor contributors, etc. And much like the politicians of Washington, D.C., that have sold out the Constitution, the liberties of the people, in order that they might appease uh, the big corporate owners, so forth, uh, so have many within the evangelical Christian leadership community. And so I do think it, we are going to have to break out of that uh, umbrella. We're going to have to, I think, return to a grassroots movement uh, of, of Christians, and not just Christians, but a people that understand the importance of religious liberty, the importance of fundamental freedoms, etc., whether they are Christians or not, and began to rise up uh, in a truly grassroots manner. And I think we far too long have uh, allowed others to speak for us. It's time we start speaking for ourselves. You know, in recent polls conducted by Gallup, and others that are well publicized today, it has been documented that American evangelicals are more likely to support torture than even the citizens of Muslim nations like Turkey. Uh, they seem to have forgotten the horrors of torture from books like Fox's Book of Martyrs or Richard Wormbrand's Tortured for Christ. Uh, they also do not seem to recognize that the terrorists, we are told, uh, these actions will be reserved for, can also include us 
as you've certainly experienced yourself, at the whims of the powers that be, as judged from from findings in the MIAC and the DHS reports. You know, DHS, it says even people who believe in end-time prophecies are people that may be potential terrorists or returning veterans. Uh, or, or even, for example, the pain ray weapons, which we were told were developed with taxpayer money to attack Iraqi insurgents overseas. And now we find these same weapons on the streets of America uh, being used at political conventions and tea parties. This current evangelical culture that daily praises the, quote, warrior, just like a Spartan uh, culture, seems to be unconcerned about outrages like Abu Ghraib, uh, justice in our courts versus secret tribunals and helping the downtrodden rather than letting that role just be picked up by the state. The, the American evangelical community is now known, I believe, as next week's guest Robert Hyde says on our show, to prefer social control, the police state, and, and quote, fighting boogeymen like the war on drugs or war on terror. Uh, he also states that our Disneyfication of American history actually glosses over the trespasses of our own nation when we have embraced tyr tyrannical tendencies in our own history. Given this, what, what can we do as a Christian community to rebuild and reality check our own actual worldview and promote more critical thinking and our own reputation and image in society? Yeah, I, I think it all goes back to the pastor. It, if pastors do not start preaching the Bible as it is, I mean really, truly preaching the Bible, and stop worrying about building their own little empires and being the biggest church in town and whether or not they might offend a large donor or if we don't get out of this, uh, this uh, recreation entertainment style evangelism, prosperity theology, following uh, these Pied Pipers, Joel Olstein, and so forth, and start getting back to the true preaching of the Word of God, teaching people what the Scripture says, uh, then we are not going to have uh, any restoration of these fundamental principles. Everything that you just mentioned there is rooted in the Scripture and its relevance to Christian thought and ideology. Uh, we cannot, as a Christian people, expect the world to be attracted to our message by simply becoming, uh, to use your word, uh, another Disneyland. Uh, we have got to show people that the teaching of Christ is exactly what it is, and it will uh, solve the problems of man, and it will give men hope for the future as it has for the last 2,000 years. But what we've done is we have sacrificed that plain, simple message of the gospel and biblical truth for this entertainment-style, recreation-style, prosperity-style uh, preaching and teaching, which has watered down the truth to the point that it's no longer recognizable. And, and I think that's why you get some of these surveys like you get, and like you just alluded to, and some of these philosophies that are unbiblical, unchristian, contrary to everything that we find in the Word of God relative to these issues. It's simply because, A, either people don't care, don't read, are ignorant of what the Bible says, or it's because they are not being taught uh, from the pulpits the true uh, scripture and the true gospel. And I think really this is incumbent on the pastors. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got one more question for you, and this may be really sort of strange 
And if it is too strange for you, you can say so on air here with me, okay? But I want to ask you something that relates to some things that have been happening recently in the news. You know, we regularly give our audience here at FutureQuake a biblical context for the topics uh, like this that we talk about. And one passage we refer to is in Revelation 18, where it says in the great city Babylon, which is said to be a haunt of demons and unclean birds, which reminds me of the, bo- the Bohemian Grove Owl uh, for that kind of environment, <laughs> that it says that the kings of the earth and the great merchants of the earth, and, and the word there, Greek word is imperos, which means global merchants, it says that they conspire together and they use sorcery in the King James, or the word is actually pharmakia in the Greek, which involves the use of drugs to contact dark spiritual forces and also to alter the reality of the public. And it says that through this, they deceive the nations of the earth. You know, in a few weeks, uh, we are going to have on our show a world-class expert, Dr. Colin Ross, who is a psychiatrist and has been much peer-reviewed, published in peer-reviewed journals in this field. In his area of expertise, hundreds of papers, well, well recognized, in the area of of mind control activities uh, and his extensive research uh, from his Freedom of Information Act recovery of documents from the CIA about their MK Ultra mind control program and evidence in these documents that it has been reestablished today uh, in being used in interrogations in Guantanamo Bay and elsewhere. Now, given ample verifiable data, which is easy to find if you look for it, that our intelligence agencies not only just torture someone sufficiently to get them to confess to anything, like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who's been uh, waterboarded many times, and I don't know about his guilt or innocence, but the fact is um, there was certain information that was wanted by that technique. But, but they can even get these people to really believe the confessions they're told to recite when we are told by our government that accused subjects have co- confessed to terror events, but they do not want them to be cross-examined before the public in trials, uh, as, as well as, uh, for example, the events surrounding this man in the Fort Hood shootings, which you have yourself has pointed out is very mysterious about how things were handled with the multiple possible multiple shooters and other data that we're not privy to. Well, having said this, I am very frustrated that I am not certain that I could even know what the truth is anymore, and whether any anyone accused, whether they're guilty or not, and whether they have truly performed a terror event or not, even when a confined man confesses to a crime due to the tainted reputation of these agencies. And the fact that it has been documented that they can control the information that even comes from these sources. What can we do as Christians? I'd, I'd like your comment on that, and if, if you share any similar concerns. And, and if so, what can we do to wake Christians up to the fact that these deceptions are to be expected, that they were pointed out in Scripture uh, as, and were foretold in the Bible? Well, I do share your concerns. I look at uh, so much of what we are told today by the mainstream media and by the federal government with such great skepticism that it's very difficult for me to take just about anything they say at face value. And some of the things that you alluded to specifically I think is very worthy of our skepticism. I think more and more people, not only uh, in positions that you occupy, uh, independent talk radio shows and and, uh, newscasters and uh, independent journalists, et cetera, but also uh, even certain people within our government, whether it's military or or in the uh, elected governments, state, local, et cetera, that likewise look at many of these things with deep suspicion. And as far as waking up the Christians as to the biblical relevance of all of this, again, it goes back to the pastors. If the pastors do not awaken the people in the pews with the plain teaching of Scripture, 
leaders to the very relevant uh, activities that we see going on in front of our very eyes, including some of the things that you mentioned and many, many more we could talk about, that people are not going to awaken to these matters. That the pastors have got to recognize it for themselves. They should look at these things with with a deep sense of skepticism. They should be studied. They should be uh, people that are willing to look uh, deeply at the issues and not just take at face value what they are told and they should be willing to stand up in front of their people and encourage them to to know the truth. And when they know the truth, of course, they are set free. Mm-hmm. And there's no question we need to be set free from many of, of these who are, I believe, controlled by Satan himself, evil men and women who have uh, perpetrated uh, and many times fraudulent, deceitful, things upon us that uh, are trying to accomplish their nefarious purposes. And so I do believe that we should be a suspicious people. I think we should be people that are willing to know the truth, as Patrick Henry said, and as the founders were willing to to say they wanted to know the truth, and they were willing to deal with it, where whatever that was. And I think that's exactly the way we need to be today. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate your comment. Uh, I, I believe the passage, just the one I just cited, uh, talking about how these great merchants of the earth and the kings of the earth intentionally used deception to deceive the nations of the earth is clear teachings and warnings out of the Bible and for, forbid it for us to actually overlook this clear teaching of the Bible and accept information we get from these institutions, particularly when they come from the people we think are, quote, like us that provide this information. I don't think we're using biblical discernment and we're ignoring the warnings of God when we ignore the fact that this is the deceptive activities that governments have done since the time of the tower itself. Right. And I think it goes back to what you alluded to early in this interview, the marriage that evangelical Christians have had with the Republican Party. I would dare say that if John McCain were in the White House today and if he were proposing a national health care program similar to what Mr. Obama is proposing, many of the uh, evangelicals who are now up in arms in opposition to this proposal would in all likelihood uh, be utterly silent and would not oppose it. I mean, when George W. Bush uh, proposed many of the same things that Bill Clinton proposed, uh, the evangelicals sat back and did nothing, whereas when Clinton was in the White House, they opposed him. And again, it goes back to they have they have uh, a very selective uh, mentality when it comes to what they will oppose and what they will not oppose. And all with, is this a Democratic administration proposing it, or is it a Republican administration opposing it? And they'll, they'll take their cues accordingly. Instead of standing up for principle, standing up for truth, standing up for what is right, letting the chips fall where they may, recognizing that uh, evil uh, does not have a monopoly, uh, that Satan will use uh, whatever political entity, economic entity, social entity, or whatever that would be made available to him. And for us to think that we can totally trust uh, any particular uh, political party or institution simply because of the verbiage, the rhetoric, the name, etc., is foolish. And so again, it goes back to our independence and our and our commitment to truth, which should prevail in our thinking. 
You know, you know, no man can serve two masters. He'll love one and despise the other. And evangelicals have to decide. And, and I speak as one who's been a consistent conservative and Republican supporter until recent days, that we have to decide which ma- which master we want to follow. Do we want to follow Jesus Christ and the truth that he stands for or other surrogates, whether it be a political party, uh, another Christian group, even sometimes people in our own church. We have to decide who our master is going to be that we follow. Um, I know our time is up, and I want to thank you so much for spending this valuable time with us. Uh, and in closing, uh, just to wrap this up, I just want to ask you what you anticipate to occur in our world and society in the next two or three years. Uh, if you could briefly comment on that and how we should be prepared to respond to it and possibly support you, both uh, us and our show and our listeners, uh, supporting and working alongside you to address what you anticipate. I, I really believe the next two or three years are going to be extremely jeopardous. I, I think economically we are not only not out of the woods yet, I think the woods are only going to get uh, uh, thicker and more intense. Uh, I think we are economically. Uh, I anticipate a, a much greater increase uh, among the powers that be to strip America of its constitutional liberties. I think the... Uh, the burgeoning police state will grow faster and stronger than it has in the past. I think the merger of nations and internationalism, globalism, regionalization, uh, the Copenhagen Treaty coming up next month is, is a precursor to, I think, things are going to happen at a rapid rate over the next two to three years. I think that ultimately uh, the evangelical Christian community is going to have to recognize that we're in a war. Mm-hmm. We're in a battle. This is not a game. We are fighting for our very survival, the survival of freedom, the survival of our form of government, of federalism, of liberty, of the freedom to preach the gospel, the freedom to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord as we see fit, as we see fit, the freedom to, to the liberty to have a job, to be able to work, save money, to live uh, in a in a prosperous society, the things that we have taken for granted uh, for the last 50, 60 years, uh, all these things are at risk. And I, I firmly believe that, uh, and maybe this could be a topic for another show, Mike. Sure. Uh, we need to talk about the the, the reemergence of federalism and the importance of state sovereignty, and recognizing that in America there is no king. No Caesar in America. This is not a national government. This is a federal government in Washington, D.C. The states have a definite role and a definite authority under our form of government. And I believe that what we're seeing there in Tennessee with the, Free- the Firearms Freedom Act that was passed, Montana, uh, it had passed. It's introduced in several other states, including just recently Pennsylvania. Uh, there has been something like 37 states that have issued state sovereignty resolutions, including one right here in Florida where I live. These are all very encouraging signs. And I think that the American people, especially Christians and pastors, are going to have to recognize the importance of, of strengthening their state governments and their state authority. And, and as Thomas Jefferson said, the government that governs least governs best, and the right. government that governs closest to home is best. And that that is what we need to, I think, again, reemphasize, and that's something that I'm very much a part of right now, and I think that uh, much of my energy is going to be uh, spent in that direction. 
God bless you, uh, Pastor Chuck, for your ministry with your local congregation and minister the gospel, and also caring and being your brother's keeper uh, for everyone else in society. And I just want to let you know we're here at your disposal. I won't speak for all our listeners, but I will speak for most of them, that we are here at your disposal uh, as the Lord leads you, and the Lord leads you in a certain direction. Pass the word down to the rest of us, okay? And, Thank uh, you, Mike. We're ready to pick it up side by side. God bless you. Thank you for dropping in. Please come back again soon. Thank you for the invitation. Okay, thanks. We're back at Future Quick with Dr. Future. I sure hope you enjoyed that interview with Chuck Baldwin. If you'd like to contact us, Merv can tell you how to contact us at Future Quick. Future Quick radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequick.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequick.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. We've got to go real quick. Come back tomorrow for tomorrow's Tremors. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Bionic. Well, it was just another week this week on Future Quake. Another, another ho-hum week. With another the... Alex Jones and Chuck Baldwin appearance. Oh, boy. Well... Those guys have been bugging us forever to come on our show. I tell you, man, it's like... We finally cut them some slack. Okay, all right. You guys have millions of listeners. I feel like they're just trying to take advantage of our you know, celebrity. You walk it like you talk it. Oh, all right, well, I guess we'll let you on. Well, and in fact, if you they want, they can come back. Let them <sighs> all come right, back. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think <laughs> about it. If you all are regular followers of Alex Jones or Chuck Baldwin, and you happen to check it out because of that to come here to see us crazy guys... We're honored to have you here, and we would love to have you back and turn you into Futurians and be regulars here on Future Quake all the time. There you go. And if you are new, um, during our regular weekly radio show on WNO, uh, we run our interviews usually Monday through Thursday, and then Friday we do something else. And what is that? And this is where I always ask uh, Tom Bionic what it is that we do on Fridays. We always read news stories and get depressed. <laughs> okay, and it's called uh, Tomorrow's Tremors or Today's Future Review of Tomorrow's News. Yeah, and this is where I hit him on the back of the head for getting it wrong. Ow. It's Tomorrow's Tremors or Today's Review of the Future's News. Yeah, that's what I said. And we need to get on into it. All right. Hey, uh, we just had a friend of ours email. By the way, I want to thank everybody for regular emails. I uh, get a number of emails every day about the show. Very intelligent emails. Really appreciate the insights people have and for encouragement. The most part. <laughs> yeah. Except for you out there. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, but anyway, Brett uh, is one of our listeners up in the Twin Cities. Uh huh. And Brett said it'd be really cool to see if there's any other Futurian listeners out there in that neck of the woods in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Minneapolis, yeah. And so um, if you all uh, are, any of you else are out there, please email. Uh, email us at drfuture, D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E, at futurequake.com, and let us know, and if you'd be interested, to uh, connecting with some other fans up there. Maybe you can have a little discussion club, and mm-hmm. you all can go in the drawing room and, you know. Save the world. S- smoke cigars and 
talk about future Quakers. There so you go. Be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really neat. You know, um, I had some interesting adventures when I was in Minneapolis. Really? Yeah, I actually found uh, out in the some industrial park outside of there, the pl- studio Jimmy where they Hoffa? no, <laughs> the studio where they do Mystery Science Theater. 3000. Oh, that's right. You were telling me about that. And I got on the satellite of love. Wow. And uh, I actually was on there. I got to hold Tom. By, uh, not Tom. By, what am I talking about? Tom Servo. <laughs> Tom Tom Bionic's a little bit big to be held. Tom, yeah, Tom <laughs> Servo and uh, Crow. Wow. Uh, while I was there, it was really cool. Yeah. Got to see all the. Do you know that one of their little things on the side of the wall was actually a, a gray primered a hungry hungry hippo game? I just remember seeing that <laughs> part of the background, you know, electronic kind of componentry was that. No, I don't remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, I got to see the old uh, taped up Naugahyde furniture they would set in when they would film over their shoulders, you know, watching the movies. Yeah. So Minneapolis. I also went to the Museum of Questionable Medical Devices. Great. I had my head examined when I was there. Yeah. Uh, For going, a, to the, going to the thing? or well, I had a phrenology machine they used on me. Oh, yeah. So it was really so. Anyway, Brett, it, we salute you out there. The phrenology is when they try and interpret the size of the bumps on your head. and they mean Well, something. what it means about you, your personality, yeah. mm-hmm. traits, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's really no crazier than, like, giving vaccines to people and yeah, shooting deadly stuff in them, hoping to make them yeah. better. Well, that's okay. We've got same same communities. We're, we here at Future Quaker, the truth serum. Except for me, maybe yeah, I might like be the spoiling. <laughs> we like to force it on you. You're the edge of it. I am the edge of it, and you are the mercury. Well, hopefully we've reduced your yeah. immunity to the truth. <laughs> uh, we've got some stories to do. Who, yeah. Who do you want to get started? Uh, I'll go first. I tried to make my stories real short this week, because okay. we, we always never seem to cover enough. Okay. Um, and it, I always feel like it's my well, fault. Paro so. and I will listen. Okay. Active duty military personnel, quote-unquote volunteer, as counterinsurgency advisors with Salinas Police Department. You know, one of the themes that we've talked about... Uh, especially you, is the uh, this encroaching where they had the LRAD that was originally built for uh, 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 crowd control and anti-terrorism campaigns. To get those terrorists. That's why we paid millions of dollars. Yes. Well, um, we don't have to worry about the LRAD anymore. We have to worry about the Navy SEALs because they are... I think you and I can handle any old Navy SEAL platoon. Well, maybe if it's like like a harbor SEAL or something. (laughs) Okay. here we go. Famed, this is from the Washington Post. Famed to readers as the birthplace of John Steinbeck and in, a, and in supermarket produce circles as the salad bowl of the world, the city of Salinas carries darker renown in another world of California's prisons. Instant respect is accorded any inmate tattooed with the word salad bowl or salus. Gang shorthand for a city now defined most of all by ferocious eruptions of violence. Uh, you, you know, having gone to U.S., uh, uh, you, uh, you see Santa Cruz there. Mm-hmm. I went to Salinas quite a few times, and it was kind of yeah. drive around. I used to go to Monterey every year. Yeah, it was okay as long as you're on the main drag. And then we mm-hmm. got out of town. I was like, a little weird here. Yeah. In the space of 11 days this year, seven people were murdered, murdered in Salinas. Each killing, like the record 25 homicides the previous year, spilled from the gang war for that this summer pushed the homicide rate in the city of 140,000 to three times that of Los Angeles. Residents retreated indoors at night, and Mayor Dennis Donahue affirmed his decision to seek help from an unlikely source, the U.S. military. Since February, combat veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan have been, quote-unquote, advising Salinas police in counterinsurgency strategy, bringing lessons from the battlefield to the meanest streets in an American city. This is our surge, says Donahue, who who solicited the assistance from the elite naval postgraduate school. 20 miles away there in Monterey, 
Um, I've spoken there many times. Really? Yeah. I've been there a few times. Long, interesting stories about that place. When the public heard about heard this, they thought we were going to send in the Navy SEAL into Salinas. In fact, the cavalry arrived in civvies, carrying laptops rather than M16s and software instead of mortars. Uh, it's not entirely true. In this case, the most valuable military asset turned out to be an idea. Change the dynamic in the community and victory can follow. And then chop their heads off. Okay, that last part really isn't in the article. Yeah, that was pathetically added. Yeah. It's a, it's a little laboratory, said retired High Rothstein, the former Army career officer in Special Forces who heads the 15... Uh, the 15-member facility uh, or faculty of members and students, mostly naval officers, taking time between deployments to pick up a master's degree. Uh, their effort in Salinas con- counts as extracurricular and is necessary, necessarily voluntary, given the constitutional bar on the military operating within the, within the U.S. borders, except their active military. Ugh. Obviously, there are restrictions, said Salinas Deputy Police Chief Kelly McMillan. Not only the constitutional part of it, but just the idea that we are going to have choppers fast roping into the until Ellisol Street. Uh, and then the article goes on, and uh, at the end of it, it mentions that they're looking at trying to do this nationwide. Really? Yeah. So now, if they have those kind of guys in, one of their other things to do is to waterboard people to finally find out, you know, mm-hmm. who's shaking down the local convenience store and yeah. stuff like that, and put them in secret prisons. Forget Andy Griffith show. Yeah. People in the Huskow, it's like uh, Abu Ghraib, the dark prison. Hmm. You think they'll start stacking some of those local people into pyramids and taking their pictures and stuff? No, they'll turn all the lights off and leave them in the dungeon for three months. And then oh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, I guess it's uh, time for your story, unless you want to continue talking about uh, the dark prison. No. Otherwise known as Salinas. <laughs> I want to. T- I want to talk about something. Uh, and, and you know, Doctor Stan Monteith can handle that. That's his turf. Yeah. To go clear out, so yeah, he can go. Eighty-one years of age to go wrestle those guys. Take them down. Okay, I've got one here, just to sort of a little more upbeat thing. Mm-hmm. Real car shackles in San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, this is a, a story that ran in the San Francisco Chronicle, which is a major newspaper, right? Yes. In your neck of the woods, Central California. Mm-hmm. It's called Rule by Fear or Rule by Law. Uh, and it quotes here from Winston Churchill in 43. It says, The power of the executive to cast a man into prison without formula- formulating any charge known to the law and particularly deny him the judgment of his peers is the highest, is in the highest degree odious and is the foundation of all totalitarian government, whether Nazi or communist. So that's that story. Uh, it says, Since 911 and seemingly without the notice of most Americans, now, remember, this is in the San Francisco Chronicle, okay? Mm-hmm. The federal government has assumed the authority to institute martial law, arrest a, a wide swath of dissidents, citizen and non-citizen alike, and detain people without legal or constitutional recourse in the event of an emergency influx of immigrants in the U.S. or to support the rapid development of new programs. I don't know what that means. Wow. Beginning in 1999, the government has entered into a series of single-bid contracts with Halliburton subsidiary Kellogg, Brown & Root, to build detention camps and undisclosed locations within the United States. The government has also uh, contracted with several companies to build thousands of rail cars, some reportedly equipped with shackles, ostensibly to transport detainees. Great. Now, you know, I've heard, like, rumors on the Internet about the old shackles and rail cars. Mm -hmm. This is in the San Francisco Chronicle. So this went through their editors, went through all of their stuff. Well, uh, what's his name? 
Tex Mars mentioned it. Uh, one of those videos we saw him speaking about. Right, right. And, I've, and, and I've heard other people talk about it. Yeah. But, it, you know, Tex Mars saying it, having the San Francisco Chronicle, two different. Well, levels. I thought Tex Mars was the newspaper of record. Well, yeah. It says, according to diplomat and author Peter Dale Scott, the KBR contract is part of a Homeland Security plan titled Endgame, which sets as its goal the removal of all removable aliens and potential terrorists. Fraudbusters, now this is sort of shows a little bit of their bias, fraudbusters such as Representative Henry Waxman of Los <laughs> Angeles yeah, have complained about these contracts, saying that more taxpayer dollars should not go to taxpayer gouging Halliburton. But the real question is, what kind of, quote, new programs require the construction or refurbishment of detention facilities in nearly every state of the Union with a capacity to house perhaps millions of people? Section 104.2 of the 2007 Defense Appropriation Act, uh, called Use of the Armed Forces in Major Public Emergencies, gives the executive the power to invoke martial law. For the first time in more than a century, the president is now authorized to use the military in response to a, quote, natural disaster, disease outbreak, I don't know what that might be, a terrorist attack or any other condition which the president determines that domestic violence has occurred to the extent that state officials cannot maintain public order. I don't know if the Tea Parties would count for that or not, but mm. the Military Commissions Act of 2006 ran through Congress just before the midterm elections, allows for indefinite imprisonment of anyone who donates money to a charity that turns up on a list of terrorist organizations. That means if you Sweet. gave money to it, let's say it was like Operation Rescue, and later, they turn up on a terrorist later on. Mm. They come get you and hold you indefinitely. Yeah, I've heard the Salvation Army is bad. Salvation Army, well, they're an army. You know, I that know. implies violence right yeah. there. Uh, or, uh, it says uh, if they are on a list of terrorist organizations or if they speak out against the government's policies. The law calls for secret trials of citizens and non-citizens alike. Also in 2007, the White House uh, quietly issued National Security Directive 51. Now, we've covered some of this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Okay, uh, it says they can cancel elections to suspending the Constitution. Um, now, Nancy, uh, Jane Harman, excuse me, Jane Harman uh, has come, the representative, has come up with a new way to expand the domestic war on terror. Her Violent Radicalization and Homegrown Terrorism Prevention Act of 2007. Isn't she the one that got spied on by the FBI? Right, right, because yeah. she was getting money to have certain... Yeah. People in the Israeli government, certain Supposedly. favors. They yeah. never, I don't know if they proved that, but go ahead. Right. Yeah. Uh, which passed the House by a lopsided vote of 4 to 4 to 6, which set up a commission to examine and report upon the facts and causes of so-called violent radicalism and extremist ideology, then make legislative recommendations on combating it. And I assume things like the Mike report and DHS report would be mm -hmm. the kind of things they would do. It says that in a commentary to the Baltimore Sun, Representative Harmon and her colleagues from both sides of the aisle believe the country faces a native brand of terrorism and needs a commission with sweeping investigative power to combat it. It says a clue to where her commission is aiming is the Animal Enterprise Terrorism Act, uh, a law that labels those who engage in sit-in, civil disobedience, trespass, or any other crime I like sit-ins, I guess it's a crime. Yeah, I was going to say, in the name of Martin animal Luther rights. Terrorist? The name of animal Martin rights Luther terrorist. King Jr., not Martin Luther, the, yeah. the German, but the, you know. <laughs> right. Well, he, he wrote on a door, he did uh, uh, vandalism on a door. Terrorist! Terrorist! Okay. Uh, and it says other groups in the crosshairs could be anti-abortion protesters, anti-tax agitators, immigration activists, 
environmentalists, peace demonstrators, on and on. Second Amendment rights supporters, people walking down the street, college right. students, uh-huh. anybody who's breathing, anybody, anybody who stands on two legs. Anybody who just doesn't happen to be within the political winds of who's in charge at the time. Yep. Uh, according to author Naomi Wolf, the National Counterterrorism Center holds the names of roughly 775,000, quote, terrorist suspects, with the number increasing by 20,000 per month. You, what do you... What do you want to bet they've got a whole file on us? You know, that's a dangerous country if we have 775,000 terror suspects. Yeah. Talk about a danger. I mean, we need more troops on our soil. Said in jest. So it says, what could the... Now, this is from a obviously left-leaning author. What could the government be contemplating that leads it to make contingency plans to detain without recourse millions of its own citizens? So... All of the republic. And this gentleman, Louis Seiler, is president of Voice of the Environment Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Hamburg, former congressman, executive director. So, you know, these are some guys from the environmental movement, but uh, they can see the, da- the you know danger. Now, t- a lot of times Christians will, will distance themselves from people like that mm-hmm. because they'll say, well, gee, they don't believe like we do. Yeah, I know. Rather better. than they'd all regular hang separately than hang together. Well, you know, I mean, that uh, Pastor Niemuller who wrote the, right. all of that fine poem about, uh, you know, people going... Uh, People coming to get all of your other friends, and then there was nobody there to stand up for you once they came for you. Right. You yeah. know, um, people should contemplate that. But if you know, they probably won't. They're probably just gonna be like, oh, I like Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Football game on. Um. Oh well. Okay. Got <clears throat> something for us. I got a little something for you. Here. Sorry about that. It, the, 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 I was surprised about the shackles mentioned in. The yeah. No. No. Chronicle, very so. surprising. Um. Mm. You know, but. Okay. Of course, none of that exists, so we should know right, that's true. Yep. Uh, here's one from MineWeb, which is a uh, uh, a group that tracks, like, you know, mining activities, international mining activities. Yeah, we haven't had a whole lot of those stories about people who track mining activities on our show. No, I know. Well, I thought it was an interesting yeah. interesting source. Okay. You know, with the up and down of gold yeah. uh, been lately, there's been, yeah. you know, data. I can, I can dig it. Yeah, all these other people have been... Um, uh, all these other people have been trying to use bad puns, but uh, you mm-hmm. succeeded. Yeah, I just hope there's not a lot of, a lot of holes in this story. <laughs> uh, the apparent bottom line in a paper published in the South African Journal of Science is that South Africa's gold industry is on final death watch, despite mm-hmm. claims of massive existing below-ground reserves. So what this means is that the entire country of South Africa has radically, if this paper is true, mm-hmm. has radically overstated their gold right. reserves and what's what's on hand now. And who knows? But it's possible that it could be a lie. Yeah. It's, you, are you saying that possibly we could have some government officials that have deceived us on something on a vast scale? Is that what you're claiming? I'm just reading the article. I'm not okay. claiming anything. Well, what it would be, it would be the De Beers family who's actually taken it from the land, right? Because aren't they the ones that own? Yeah. They corner that market? De Beers. No, wait a second. I'm thinking of diamonds. That's the diamonds. Excuse me. Same time. Sorry. Well, okay. Chris Hart, Hartnetty, Research and Technical direct, Director of Cape Town Earth Sciences Consultancy Umvoto Africa, has found that South Africa's Witwatersrand goldfields are around 95% exhausted and anticipates that production rates should fall permanently below 100 tons a year within the coming decade. Wait a second, what goldfield was that? Uh, Witwatersrand goldfield. Oh, that one, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I pronounced it pretty I good. Am, yeah. Uh, I have no way to compare, so I don't yeah. know. Gold production from the Witwatersrand, uh, the biggest known gold field in the world, 
peaked at around 1,000 tons in 1970 and has declined ever since. Hartnett says that while initially 1970 to 75 the decline was quite precipitous, it has been interrupted by only short periods of slight trend reversal, 982 uh, to 84 and then 92 to 93. Leon Esterhusen, uh, a London-based specialist analyst at RBC Capital Markets, has reacted to the research by saying that South African gold is dying. This is not new news, but adds that it may die, be dying faster than we currently believe is novel. Uh, on the levels of reserves, Harton defines that the South African residual gold reserve after production through 2007 is only uh, 948 tons, a little less than three times the 1970 production figure, and much less than the 10% of the officially cited reserves. Hmm. Think that might cause a little unrest there? Only if you're a De Beers. Also in the gold market, too. In the gold market, too. Yeah, and not general. Yep. Well, I have one. This is one that's a little more upbeat. Mm-hmm. Manchurian candidates to gather in Connecticut. Sweet. Okay. Um, Those don't exist either. Now, I grabbed, you know? I grabbed an older one, although these, these meetings are still going on. Uh, this is just an older story I got uh, to focus on it. It says, for some, the horrors of the CIA's secret Cold War era mind control research has never really ended. Next month in Connecticut, self-described victims of MK Ultra will attend the 11th annual Ritual Abuse, Secretive Organizations, and Mind Control Conference. It doesn't really exist. I heard it on the, I heard it in the chat room. All those people are lying. But they could be controlling your mind about that. Uh, their They're attendees will discuss <laughs> their memories of being unwitting participants in the CIA's experiments, which often involve slipping LSD to ordinary people. Now, that's all true. I mean, that's all verified yeah, uh-huh. fact. Yes. Are all the people who attend the meeting really victims of MKUltra? No, as the organizer himself notes. Some are suffering from other, no doubt, serious mental issues. But as Jess Stein elegantly points out in a piece for Congressional Quarterly, that's not the point. There were very real victims of MKUltra, and the CIA's decision to destroy most of the records means we will never have a final accounting. CIA Director Richard M. Helms ordered the destruction of boxes upon boxes of documents, including the treatment record of unknown numbers of patients, uh, agency doctors experimented on in psychiatric hospitals, including a wing of Georgetown University Medical Center, and secret locations, including military bases, Stein writes. The more contemporaneous issue is that the U.S. government is again being accused of using mind-altering drugs. Just as in the 1970s, however, as I wrote uh, in April, evidence to the contrary is mounting, Stein writes. The Washington Post Joby Work also tracked down former prisoners at Guantanamo who said their minds were destabilized by repeated drug injections. Wow. Doesn't exist. Not happening. But the Bible says that the kings of the earth and the great merchants of earth use pharmakia, sorcery by which to deceive the nations of earth. It's all conspiracy. Doesn't doesn't exist. Okay. (laughs) Did you have a recent stay in Georgetown Medical Center? No. Maybe. Okay, you got me. <laughs> I know you don't. Th- I mean, it's it's so surreal. It's like I know. It's just it you like, know this because I know this is something very important to you. Like this topic. I, yeah, you know, I want to throw a shoe at people sometimes. To be honest, uh, I don't actually do that because that would put me on the terrorist list. But sometimes they feel like it. Even mentioning it probably got you on the terrorist list. Oh, okay, whatever. You remember what happened to the guy who did the shoe at the president over in Iraq? Oh yeah, they tortured him. Yeah. They, 
tied him up and any excuse to torture over his head and you know cut him with broken bottles and stuff. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know it's just it's just crazy that uh, it's just crazy that people don't even bother to look at the evidence and they go, oh, it doesn't really exist. Hur, 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 hur. I'm gonna go watch football game and Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. And those are Christian folk as well as non-Christian. Yeah, you need to be like. I'm not saying that you, you know, uh, you've only got so much love in your heart. And I understand that you can't take on the world. Uh, I understand that. Uh, but at the same time, you can't let it go dead and just be like, oh, this isn't important. You can't, you should. At the or very or least it go, disturbs me too much to think about it. So yeah, I, I don't want to look at that. I just can't. That, that's, that's too scary. I, I don't want to look at it. What about if Colette Burkew did that, rescuing those victims of sexual slavery? You know, she could have looked at that stuff on TV. Said, uh, I can't said, deal with this. Yeah, this this yeah. is too heavy. This I guess. Is. But what she said was, I can at least do something about it. Yeah. And now we have untold numbers of people who've been rescued mm-hmm. from a life of abject misery because she said, I can do something. Yeah. Well, and the the funny thing is, is that apparently her and another lady were the only two people to contact anybody. You know, I remember talking to her several times, and I think she even mm-hmm. said it on the interview. She watched this thing and was stunned, and she said, I have to do something about this. And uh, what happened was is that she, you know, rooted around for somebody to call, you know, just something to do. And she found out that, uh, you know, of the 15 million-odd people that saw that documentary, her and another lady were the only two people to do anything about it. Mm. Well, if you haven't heard that show, I recommend our future and listeners go to futurequake.com. Look that in the archive. That even doesn't exist. It's all, we're all, oh, now you're messing into, with me. We've entered into a manual Kant universe. Go, go, <laughs> go to futurequake.com. Go on to past shows. Look down the list. It's what, been uh, almost a year and a half ago? About a, yeah, about a year and a half. Look for Colette Bercu, uh, mm-hmm. and you'll be very inspired, and you'll find out. If, you're not, if you don't know what God's called you to do yet to make a difference, uh, that will be an inspirational example. That would as certainly well as be. As one of our other guests we've had yeah. over the years. Yeah, but, you know, it all doesn't exist. You know, we're, we're just down to the few seconds. Anything you want to say before we call in, Murph? Um, no. Okay. Well, fresh from Georgetown Medical Center is Murph, who can tell you how to contact us here at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay. That's why he gets it right all the time. He's a mind control thing. He's got the chip in his head. Could be. Trauma-based mind control. You know, this week was a momentous week from the guest we have. Next week is a a landmark in its own way. Yeah. And we will tell our listeners then when that happens. Mm -hmm. But until then, until next week with a new Future Quick show, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. This is Dr. Future back with you again. Uh, I know it's not normal for me to cut in like this at the end of the show, but I just felt led by the Lord to uh, give a final message uh, to you all uh, after this week of shows. Uh, Most of you will be listening to this just after Thanksgiving or sometime after that. 
And I just felt led to express to all of you Futurians and listeners out there how much we appreciate and give thanks to the Lord for your faithful support in every way that you do it. Obviously, uh, your uh, consistent and faithful listening to our show is most important to us, as well as the fact that you share the news about this show uh, and get the word out to other people, friends, family members, people in your churches, elsewhere. We certainly appreciate that and the trust that you put in us. And I just want to thank also all of you who take the time to email us, to give us information. You do several things. You encourage us. You give us words of encouragement when we need it. Um, Sometimes there can be um, uh, sort of long stretches when we do this show of, of tiresome work. And we just appreciate when you say that it makes a difference in your life. I also thank you very much for uh, the tips that you give us on the guests that we have and topics that we can cover. And also even the gentle reproof when it's necessary sometimes. When we'll hear a word from some of you all that uh, uh, gives us a new perspective on the topics we cover. As you know, we cover very controversial topics here. We do it by by reason and purpose uh, to cover topics that aren't covered elsewhere in Christian radio. And because of that, we can get into areas that where we may differ and have different views. And I just certainly appreciate the thoughts and ideas that you all have from your Christian walk. It certainly has an influence on us. But I just want to express to you our gratitude and thanks for your support for our show. Please keep us in your prayers in the days ahead. And thank you so much. And we look forward to looking at the world in the future together with you. Have a great Thanksgiving.